1: Bruins fans, welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is episode 167, brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag and use code CLNS50 to get a free account and get a uh, nice little sweet bonus. I always say nice little sweet. That doesn't make any sense, no, but I never make any sense. Should, but welcome back for another week of Bruins you say, hockey talk. Super sweet bonus. Super sweet, right? That's good. That's good. Heather, how's it going?
0: It is going Sunday. It is. Um, uh, how was your week? Uh, it was busy school vacation week, oh. uh, had a worked a lot more than I normally do. And, uh, which is fine. I'm just not conditioned for it cause I'm old and I don't normally work that much. <laughs> Went to Boston for the day on Friday, brought my youngest son, we brought him to the science museum. Our older kid came too. so cool. who doesn't love the T-Rex? If you've ever been to the museum of Boston, it just makes you feel like a little, I been there so little kid. Long. The minute you see the giant T-Rex, it's like, Oh, and then I got to lay in the space capsule, which I'm stunning. Some so point, we well, still have the, that, yeah. I oh love it! The Apollo Jeez. one there, and then we went to uh the Lego Discovery Center, which was crazy Lego chaos and just <laughs> kids living their best Lego lives. Uh, but the coolest part, I got my picture taken next to the Lego garden. Um, they have like mini Boston, in nice. there, all made out of Legos. It's pr- it's really awesome. Um, because I've been to like the Toys R Us in New York City and stuff like that before they went out of business, and like you see like these crazy Lego, con- but they had everything, they had. The garden and star road drive and then over here you can see uh old north church and they did nice. like a scene like the boston tea party that was fenway park oh, they cool. had a whole gillette they had now was it adults that that did the building or was it kids that were involved in building it? i'm pretty sure they have the like adult master builders do it i'm sure every city has like their mini room yep. but it was very impre- i mean it was pretty cool they had like faneuil hall and the government sent like that's like awesome. literally it was like walking around a map of Boston, like the different stations, it was pretty cool. So, got my picture taken next to the Lego Garden. Nice. I look giant compared to the actual garden. That's but, awesome. And Eric was very happy when we drove by the garden. We're like, "That's where the Bruins play, buddy," because he never go. We have to bring him to his yes, first opening do. night next. Yes. If I ever get tickets, but again, he's like, "They play know. right in there." I can't see the rink. I'm like, "Yeah, well, they don't want people falling out the side, buddy." But I promise you, it's up there on top of that in that building. Uh,
1: How but was your week? It was good. It was. Um... Uh, it's it's get, getting hectic. Um, the paperwork is being filed for us uh, at the Black and Gold Pod to officially be a business. So I'm kind of pumped about that. We're, we're taking steps forward to expand um, in other areas of of um, Bruins coverage. So and that takes money, and obviously um, a a company entitled name would be appropriate for this expansion. Plus, it gives us opportunities to. Uh, open a credit line for um,
0: new equipment. What uh, he's tra- saying is, Heather needs a laptop.
1: Yeah, right. No, I'm just and uh, it, and travel, you know. So I'm going to Providence a lot. I'm going to a lot of places a lot, and and I want to be able to offset that cost. So that that'll help too. So, but we, but it's good. I mean, it's just it's just crazy with doing the copy editing for the website and bringing on new people, which we brought on. I think four new people, so we're yes. like over twenty now. And we're just killing it. So it's just all that, and in my regular 40-hour work week, it's just been it's just been killer. But you know what? In the end, it's going to be well worth it, and and hopefully, I'll be able to take a step back a little bit and do more writing and do more on-site um, um, reporting. You know,
0: so. Remember what my dad said, you sleep when you're dead. Yeah, exactly. Right? Also, waters for the week. I don't know how wise that advice was, but... <laughs> hey, before we get going, can I just say happy birthday to my I Aunt Chrissy? I was just about to do that. It's my Aunt Chrissy's birthday. She's 21 years old today. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, she's sure she doesn't want us to disclose all the thing, but... It's Auntie Chrissy's birthday today. I go a happy medium. Birthday happy
1: 35th.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, every year, what do I text you? Like, happy 745th yeah, no. birthday. You age me every um, week, just like I Courtney do. does. Well, you used to do that, too. Like, we're 14, Mark. Calm down. Like, you're like, <laughs> oh, my God, I'm getting old. No, you're not. You're in eighth grade. You're fine. Um, but just want to say happy birthday to Auntie Chrissy. And can't wait to have some of that strawberry shortcake cake that she got herself nice. from Dior of and Peabody little later on it will uh maybe help take the sting out of like last night when i was like you know what it's 12 o'clock my kids got practice in the morning and i am not listening to any more of this but so,
1: yeah so happy birthday chris uh so this this episode 167 brought to you by betonline.ag is uh, dedicated to you yeah so you hopefully you enjoy your day and uh and health yeah so Let's get back to some... Well, let's start the Bruins hockey talk. Uh, we have some l- games of last week. that We're going to talk about starting off on February 16th, 2020. The Boston Bruins uh, were on the road yeah. at Madison Square Garden to play the New York Rangers. Um, they get on the board quickly. Well, not quickly, but in the in the first period at the 1918 mark of the first uh Charlie McAvoy scores his third. Good to see him um, picking his game up. We talked about it previously, uh, either last week or the week before, about his progression after he get that monkey off of his back. Um, It's good to see him pinching in and and being somewhat of a force. Um, Second period, Charlie Coyle. It's a Charlie Charlie uh, show. Uh, Scores his 14th. uh, Shorthanded. To give the Boston Bruins a two-to-nothing lead at the 18:42 mark, unassisted, and the third period started off with Micah, Mika Mika scoring his 25th at the 19:52 mark of the third. That was on the power play, and cutting the lead to two-to-one, and Patrice Bergeron uh, gets his 26th in the third to wrap up and seal the deal with a three-to-one victory. At the 1947 mark of the third period and that's it from Brad Marchand and who just passed his uh, he just got his 51st uh, assist which is pretty cool for him so the the end of the game is three to one Uh, good road win to start this four game road trip. Tuukka Rask. No, it's no. Yarrow Halak. Yeah, well, my
0: computer's slow. He stopped so. twenty five out of twenty six with a nine sixty two. So another good game for Yarrow. As we were talking about, our goaltenders seem to have bounced back a little bit since the break. Uh, the Rangers are a weird team because they're kind of a middling team. They're not totally out the playoffs yet, mainly because we have like eight teams in this conference that have seventy four points or something weird like yeah, that. It's crazy tight. Uh, uh, but you know. But you never know, you know, you never want to walk in there and have them be on their game. They have a lot of offensive talent. Uh but nice that they kept we kept Panarian and other people in check. It could be bad. Not Hank's worst game this season. That guy goes he's having a oh, this, interesting the season. Cameron was on him a
1: lot. He was just giving those expressions yeah. like I yeah. don't wanna be here yeah. now.
0: I, I think I think, you know, He's kind of just symptomatic of anybody who's been at the top of their game for so long, but never. It's can. hard to give it up. Yeah. Well, and it when around you has never really panned out as well. I mean, they've had some chances, but they seem like every time they're done with their rebuild, they blow everything up again and start rebuilding again. You know. But we won two points. Keep it going. Yeah, and train kept a rolling like you said. So now we leave the
1: East Coast on on the four game road trip, and then headed out west, Western Canada. In Edmonton on February 19, 2020, uh, the Bruins get uh, on the board at the 828 mark of the first period from Patrice Bergeron, who is red hot, uh, scored his 27th from Marcian and Pasternak. No goals in the second period. Third period, Sam Gagner scores at 352, uh, and and this is going to overtime, um, a place that is, is always uncomforting for me because I know that we don't do good, and then we we absolutely suck in the in the uh, in the shootouts, um, but the the man of this of the season, in my opinion, the guy that's really just busting out and letting the world know. I mean, I, I think he was world known, but now he's worldly known. You know what I mean? And uh, Pasternak scores his forty third in a minute fourteen into the overtime, uh, you know, saving the the lives of
0: all Bruins fans in this shootout. So. There's nothing stopping him. Like, really? He's like that 80s song. Nothing's gonna stop us <laughs> now. Like, he's just... Oh, God. He's is having starship? so much fun. Oh, yeah, thank terrible. you. I couldn't think of it like, like, Oh, my God. I'm gonna no, but smack that's what I feel. F- that's what I feel. I know. Like, I kind of <laughs> want to smack you for knowing that. But uh, what can we do? When we were kids, this was the crap that was on the jukeboxes, you know? Right. So I'm sorry if you love Jefferson Starship or whatever it is. Um, But, no, Pastor just looks like he's having so much fun Fun, That's right. like fun, you it's know. Crazy. It's great. Tukarask was in goal. He stopped twenty-eight
1: of twenty-nine. He's got a nine-sixty-six in that game, uh, playing well. Yeah, I thought
0: that was an overall good game.
1: It was. It was. It was weird. Um, just when you look at the lineup of the Edmonton Oilers and the and the players that they were missing, um, and and knowing that a player like Leon Draisaitl who seems to thrive in moments when he needs to step up his game. When, when certain players are out. I just thought that the the Bruins would were, would be able, or better prepared to truck them. Mm. Um, solely mistaken, but, it, I mean, the end result is what is is the most. It's the two points, you know, and, and you, you're creating a more of a gap against uh, Tampa Bay that's nipping at your heels, and also Washington when you look at it from a conference view. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. I just thought that they, they, they would have definitely played much better, but... Um, yeah, so going on to the next game, and my computer's slow. Is the twenty first? It was a Friday, and the Boston Bruins were in Calgary. Um, just it, it, this, yeah. I don't even have words for this one because I was just it was it was so weird because the Bruins give up another goal, another goal, and we'll talk about it the ne- very next night too. as they. They gave up the first goal, but in this game, to me, I was just like, I'm not really that hurt because they seem to, when they do give up that first goal, they seem to get a little flustered, but then they come together and really make an effort to, um, it's not consistent, but they make an effort to get the job done even after being down and their record, even though we're not, we're going to talk about uh, last night's game in a little while is still good. I think they're sixteen five and five when they let another team
0: score first, so it just I, tells you that they fight. I was gonna say I actually think sometimes we play better when we don't have the lead. Like if we get a couple goals, I mean, how many times have we seen this season? We're up by three goals and now it's the last minute of regulation and we all want to throw up because we're like, how did this happen? Now yeah. we got to go to overtime. You know, like exactly. I feel like they act sometimes they thrive better on being behind. So.
1: But uh, real quick, uh, in the first period, because there's, there's a lot of goals here. Pretty much the first period. Yeah, oh. the, <laughs> I mean, the first period was absolutely crazy. Uh, Mikhail Backlund, uh, he scores at the 22nd mark. I mean, we just dropped the puck and, they, and then they scored. Backlund again scores at the 234 mark of the first period, and uh, the, the uh, Calgary Flames are up 2 to nothing. Patrice Bergeron scores his 28th at 258 of the first period in Pasten, from Pasternak and McAvoy. Johnny Gaudreau gets on the board at 3:23 in the first. Now it's a 3-1 lead for the Calgary Flames. Bergeron scores his 29th from past and Marchand at the 6:12 mark of the first period, giving the Calgary Flames a 3-2 lead. And Charlie Coyle to end the first period gets his 15th at the 12:20 mark, and the game is tied. So that that first period right there. I mean, in a matter of 12 minutes, you had six goals. Yeah.
0: That's crazy. It was a crazy first <laughs> That's period. That's so it was. crazy.
1: Um, and uh, I, I have to assume, because I, I was so aggravated at this, Jaroslav who got the starting goal mm-hmm. and uh, did not look good. Um, I was thoroughly upset with the way he was playing uh, as, uh, two of the three goals. Um, the first one was one of those... Side to sides. If you're not there in time, mm. it's it's the past that got you, mm. and the accuracy of that one timer. It is what it is. But the next two goals, come on, I mean, you're you're well well in position, and you just kind of throw the glove out there, and it goes right over you. Um, yeah, he, We'll we'll talk about him later, and my frustrations, and what should be air quotes plan B if the Bruins need be. But anyway, jumping to the second period. And the ending of the, the scoring in the game, uh, Brad Marshan scores his twenty fourth from Carlo and Krug at the fifty two second mark of the second period. And this was a great play by Brandon Carlo, who just mm-hmm. fired it on net, pucks on net. I mean, that's what you really need to do. And, and high from the ground, exactly. <laughs> and and Marchand was there for, uh, to be the benefiting factor uh, to, to just to seal the deal because there was no no goals in the third period. Mm-hmm. So um, a good, not a good start. But a better finish. It was like just what I'm saying. When the when the when the Bruins give up that first lead, uh, the first goal of the game, they just seemed to like really turn it around. Either it's Cassidy behind there giving it to them, and they're taking the message and putting it on in, into uh, effort. Um, but it, it was good.
0: So. I I was gonna say I know you're a little aggravated with the but I would also argue that any team that gives up three goals in twelve minutes uh, is. Not just the goaltender. There was a little bit of struggling going on. Right, they couldn't find their groove. Like if, you, once, bra- if yeah. you
1: break it down, and you look at and you look at it from a positioning point. Yeah, he should have had those. Oh, I'm not saying he shouldn't. Have, you know what, but what I, mean? I mean? Is like I mean I've I'm I'm not saying I've never played at that level. I know the speed of the game is so much faster than it was in my beer league. Yeah. But you know, even a tip shot that low. I mean, it's still blockable. It wasn't going that yeah. freaking
0: fast. Well, I, well I'm not I, saying you shouldn't have stopped them. I just mean, like, even, like, Backlund, it took him all of three minutes to score two goals. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. that's a little bit of not having your head in the game for the drop of the puck, you know what I mean, kind of thing, too. But they get together. But that was, obviously, usually a lot. we get a lot of points on our special team. So there actually wasn't a lot of penalties at all in that game, which I'm surprised because Calgary's been, like, in fights with everybody for the last know, three k-chug. weeks, but not with us. Although he did get a 5 for fighting with the Laws on, but uh, we only had one power play in that whole game, so. It was a pretty clean game, like not a lot of yeah. things called, which I'm surprised about because they are both two teams that kind of start acting a little uh, jerky the yeah. minute that they're feeling trapped or down or whatever. Uh, Halak, he stopped 18-21,
1: so... Um yeah, sub-900.
0: And he did look better, though, as the game went on. Do you know what I mean? He, like, oh, once yeah, no, he did. Down, He locked
1: yeah. it down. Definitely locked it down. No, I mean, down. I agree
0: with you. It doesn't matter if the first period is how you lose the game. Right. But, but overall, like, once everyone started, he seemed to, like, get better in his groove, too, and look more like Yarrow Absolutely, in there absolutely. After a few. It yeah.
1: really was the um, a serious help in this. I think everybody fed off of that, which meant, hey, we now we have a little more confidence in this game and mm-hmm. getting these two points. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just...
0: We talk about that. They're either all panicking or none of them are panicking. Yeah, you know what I mean. They- or if somebody just says, "Get on my freaking shoulders yeah. and let's do this." Uh,
1: the very next night, and the, these back-to-backs we'll talk about. They're just killing me. I'm. So do we sick
0: have? Of it. Look at. Oh, oh, yeah,
1: we're sorry. actually watching the highlights from last night because I have my YouTube on on in the studio. So, uh, yeah, we're going through the uh, heartbreak. But February twenty second, twenty twenty, the Boston Bruins go to Vancouver to end the current four game. Um, Road trip and three game West Coast swing. Uh, but again the the uh, Boston Bruins give up the first goal of the game to Troy Stecher, his fourth at the four fourteen mark to give the Canucks a one and nothing lead. David Pasternak, man, I'm getting so excited to see him all the time when he scores. Um, scores his forty fourth from Matt Grizzlick, a sweet, sweet mm. stretch pass. That's why I really love about Grizzlick is the yeah. way he plays the game. Um as is trans- transitional i mean not, he does throw some some hits some very controversial hits you know like the one on elias Patterson the last time these two freaking teams mm-hmm. played I, that was a little bit of a slow foot in my opinion mm-hmm. and what, i didn't get a chance to see it because um i don't know what i was doing but somebody said you know did you see that hit and i was like no i didn't but
0: when i looked at the video i was like ooh, and the puck wasn't even
1: close yeah that was
0: i have an issue when there's not like a play right pocket right like yeah
1: Bohorev at the 11:08 mark of the first period uh, scores to give the Vancouver Canucks a 2-1 lead in the first period. Jump into the second period, it was all Canucks, and pretty much the rest of the game was all Canucks going from here. Um, Adam Gaudet, former Northeastern Husky, uh, and I believe he has a uh, bean pot. Just rubbing that one in a little bit. Um, scores his my team, 11th. My scene still has 50 of them. That's fine. I know. No, not that many. He scores his 11th at the 532 mark of the second frame. Tanner Pearson, old friend Tanner Pearson of the Manchester Monarchs, at the 1448 mark, gets on the boy with his 18th. Um, and Louis Erickson, another old friend, uh, Bruins related. Uh, oh, really. scores his sixth of the season from Horvat and Edler at the 15-39 mark. Third period starts with Elias, Elias Peterson scoring his 25th at the 46 mark of the third period. David Pasternak, uh, another multi-point game, scores his 45th from Krug and Marchand at the 6:28 mark on the power play to give Vancouver a 6-2 lead. Chris Wagner scores his first goal in a long time, but his fifth of the year from Crislick and Corrali at the 8-11 mark of the third, cutting the lead in half, but it was all over from then. Um, Should-be Boston Bruin, Tyler Toffoli scores his 19th and first as of Vancouver Canuck at the 11-10 mark of the third period. It's a 7-3 lead. This is killing me as we get further down this, this game chart. Foley he's got his 20th at the thirteen03 mark of the third period and it's in now an eight to three lead and Jake fortan scores his 17th in the third period at the 1850 18 15 mark of the final frame to end the Bruins misery at nine to three um terrible game
0: uh, I ended my misery about halfway through the second. absolutely period.
1: terrible game um one that I do want to forget but I'm not. I'm not freaking out about it. I mean, there's there's benefic factors to where it, it's coming from. Okay. Number one, you can't win them all. I get that. I definitely get that. Number two, anybody that's nipping at your heels in the conference or divisional landscape, lost too. So.
0: I know, but that's why I was mad because like, oh, cool, Tampa lost. Come on, we can do it. We can get right. through this road. No, I and- I get yeah. it.
1: I you, you create more of a gap and so yeah. on, but. But, you know, hey, it happens. But we're on the lucky side when you think about it as points. Yeah. So, um, but it was also another back-to-back, assist, which is absolutely crazy. And I'm, I'm tired of it. The league's definitely got to do something about it. We'll I talk was about thinking it later.
0: they apparently have five players that do most of the work in go- uh, point getting on their team, too, because it was the same cast of characters. I wanted to say I knew that you would, like, tire to Tyler to Foley, and you'd be like, ah, that's as why, in his defense. It is much better to be a Vancouver Canuck than an LA King. They are a much better team. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Also, they're gonna have. Are they? They're gonna be the first team in a long time that had back to back Calder winners, right? Because Quinn Hughes is probably leading that race at there, right? And Elias Pettersson, Peterson so. got it last year. Yeah. So Vancouver at least is drafting well. Good for them. And they're they're in that really ugly Pacific Division where everyone is either out of the playoffs or one point away from being in the play. Like it's really- and that.
1: And the whole Toffoli thing, I honestly believe he'll, um, he'll, uh, I think he might sign back with LA
0: after this season. You think so? I think so. I don't know why anyone would want to sign back with LA. And they paid a hefty price for him. But. Construct a team, but um, yeah, I always like to see Louis Erickson. I mean, sorry, he's gonna finally start, you know, having points against us, but. Uh, I always like to see the Louie. I don't like when he's scoring goals against us or whatever, but uh, we did have another fighting major, though. Charlie Coyle and Bo Horvat went at each other for a little bit. Yeah, that was interesting. Like for a team that we normally have 9,000 too many men on the ice penalties, I feel like we've got a lot of fighting penalties in the last two weeks, Yeah. which I don't know if is good or bad. On it's one that aggressiveness. Hand, you need it in the playoffs. On one hand, I like me a good shot of testosterone at the other side it does me no good i mean that is about where i had turned out so maybe it was frustrating i don't i didn't look the rest of the thing but i woke up and i googled the score and then i was like oh kill me uh but (laughs) i feel like it's okay to go in the box but do we have to do it in five minute increments every time in the box stop uh yes That wasn't a very sloppy game. Like, Vancouver had our number, and it wasn't just the back-to-back. They didn't travel that far from Edmonton. They had been in Edmonton and Calgary, you know, so they didn't really have to too much travel. It's not like they were going from Chicago to Vancouver. Yeah, I'm not saying second half of the back-to-back, but it's usually not that messy. Like, that was messy just as a team had a thing. But uh, goaltender numbers, so Tuca played about 45 minutes of the game-ish. Uh, he faced 27 shots, and he saved 21, right? 7-78, ugly, right? So, okay, rightfully so. Okay, let's pull him. Not that at that point it's really doing anything, but you're a little shell-shocked. Only for Yarrow to let up three more goals in 13 seconds. So, to me, that was all Vancouver. Yeah. Like, as a oh, team, yeah. we were not functioning. Whether yeah. it's your the back-to-back stupid schedule, whatever, but... For two of the best goaltenders in the league to let up nine goals and like ravage their percentages like that, I mean, it wasn't so. Tuuk was having a bad, a rough game. I don't know. It was just all around. But like you said, we, we're kind of a either we're all together and we're pretty well put together. We're in the fight, yeah. or we're like shell shocked, falling apart. And no, I think they,
1: that's, they they checked in as soon as as soon as um what's his name scored in the first period. Yeah,
0: that that was it was a little scary. Like uh, just watching the play because now you're looking at. I mean, again, I agree with you. You don't have to win all of them. But certain games at this point in the season, you're supposed to be testing what your worth is going to be when you're playing other, yep. you know. And, yep. again, Vancouver's got a little pep in their step because, frankly, the Pacific's going to be decided on the last day of the season at this rate, right? No,
1: yeah, it's another tight. But at tight the same time,
0: you know, don't give them fodder. Like, you know what I mean? And we might not... I don't... What if it comes down to Boston and Vancouver again in the final? No, I'm oh, just kidding. Geez. But that, that's funny. For me, like, that... More than the Calgary, it was concerning with Yarrow. Just overall, again, you can have a bad game. I'm not mad. Like, whatever. Tuesday, we'll play Calgary. It will be fine. But that was just an overall, like, the system, like, kind of like before the break when the system was just kind of not working. And so, can we, if we are going to lose, can we not lose by six goals? And that'd be great. But
1: it's not so bad. Go three and one in the week. You know, I mean, it's. and you you do create that that gap a little bit when you look at the We have the,
0: I think five points on Tampa now
1: yeah so yeah and yeah, Tampa Bay's got eighty five we have ninety Toronto has seventy two so Toronto
0: it, was back up Florida yeah. was third place the other day I think.
1: do you hear about that goaltender yeah isn't that fun I mean it sucks that a goaltender went down injury we're not about we're yeah. not about making yeah, fun of injuries we know. don't do that here um, but you know the a goaltender had to come in for Calgary I mean I'm, for Carolina Carolina and and it was the it was the torontos emergency goaltender yeah, that lived in long. the area and he's a Zamboni for the Toronto, the Toronto Marlies of to the yeah. American Hockey League he goes in and they win the game yeah. and and I thought he did okay I, yeah. I, but I thought Carolina really buckled down and and uh did what they had to do because they knew that he was you know he's a, a greenhorn in net but uh, you know a serviceable one and and got the fir- got a he got the win I think so. Yeah, and, and that dates back to um, debuts and victories. One of one of them was in the like the 1917 season, and that was like a 42 year old, something or a 38 year old, and the other one was a 36 year old in the in the 30s or something like that. And he's the next one mm. at 42. So I thought that was pretty interesting and good story.
0: I like. I like when the random emergency goaltender—they had that in Chicago a couple years yeah, ago, yeah. where just like the accountant, yeah, yeah. just like he plays hockey with some of the guys in the or local area yeah, yeah. and they try it out. Um, in case anybody out there does not know that every team, the home team, has to always have like an emergency backup goaltender yes, for if
1: they do say
0: both team, like two goaltenders go down on a team, there has to be a third person to be able to step in, yep. too, because you cannot have more than. Well, I don't know anybody who's trying to roster more than two goaltenders at a time. That's true. uh, In those cases. So that's kind of, it's a fun story because it's kind of freakish, first of all, that you would, both your goaltenders would go down. You know what I mean?
1: And And the class from both sides. And when you came out on the ice, they were slapping the pads and everything like that, saying thank
0: you. So. Thanks for us not having to stop this game. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was fun. But I'm like, we have the weirdest thing going on. So our gap's going on. Tampa Bay but they still have one more game than us I think they're still have a game in hand because they started later or something from the travel early in the season but I like having like five points makes me feel a little bit better than the two points or the one point I think last Sunday we were only one point ahead of Tampa so that's good they got a lot of injuries I don't want anybody to be injured I also don't want Tampa Bay to be in first so win-win for me uh But yeah, I think overall it was a good week. You know, like Calgary, they looked a little solid, but they got it together. Vancouver, we're just going to. It's always going
1: to be the bruise, but you know what? That goes away in a matter of days.
0: If we lose every other Sunday, because two Sundays ago we lost to Detroit. So if we just, oh no, that's the one we beat Detroit. I'm sorry. yeah, My mistake. Look, I can't memorize it all. Okay. (laughs) I have lots of useless information.
1: So before we get to the action uh, of the upcoming week, we do have three games. I'd like to talk about uh, our show sponsor, betonline.ag. You guys all know that the hockey season is in full bloom, and we're, we're just coming right down the stretch with like 19 or 20 games to go in the regular season. Uh, basketball is going on. March Madness is happening. Golf. There's a lot of sports that could be bet on. And take the advantage of these next two days to get yourself a free account at betonline.ag and use code CLNS50. Uh, As you can find in all the odds with our exclusive sports partner, BetOnline, they have been in the industry for over 20 years providing customers with the first to market odds and giving you the ability to bet anytime, anywhere. Head over to BetOnline.ag and use our code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit and have a little fun with some betting action today betonline.ag, your online sports experts. So Heather, um, could you tell us about the upcoming week and the three games that are in it?
0: I will do my best. So Tuesday, February 25th, we will be playing the Flames at home at 7 p.m. Mark calendars. The Flames, we just saw them a couple games ago, so I'm sure, I mean, and they've been all over the news, so I think that they're actually in our brains like a lot of West Coast teams you might not think about. They've been a lot around in the NHL, but... Currently, they're 31, 25, and 6 with 68 points. Uh, They are 5th in the Pacific, 10th in the West, 4th in the wild card. Again, they're in a crazy division where, I mean, they could be first in their division by the time it's all said and done. They're 21st in the league. Uh, Calgary's one of those teams that's a good team. They don't always play at their uh, height, but their last 10, they're 4, 6, and 0, uh in a way they're 17 13 and 2 so they can be dangerous on the road so keep a heads up uh good thing we're still playing pretty solid at home but still calgary just like we said vancouver calgary edmonton last week are going to be dangerous because they're all vying for points and trying to jockey for position so we did beat them obviously the other day four to three that's the only time we only play them twice so we'll come back the second one but after that game, and you were worried about Yarrow, so regardless, you know, and things like that, we talked about a little sloppy playing behind. What do you think the next matchup's going to be like versus Calgary? It's more of the same?
1: Exciting. Um. Well, like you said in the in, the, in our pregame uh, talking about the games last week, mm-hmm. and it wasn't a very penalized game. I think that could be different in Boston. I think um, obviously Chuck's going to be there to get under anybody's skin. Mm-hmm. Who knows if him and Lauzon want to go for round two because Lauzon needs to, or if he, if he yeah. wanted to, I mean, redeem himself and get a tie on the season for, yeah. in, in fights with him. But um, I, I just hope to see um, a little better effort to begin the game. I think the fans and uh, the uh, TD Faithful deserve it. And uh, it's always good to have that crowd happy. To begin with, and not grumpy, and then work your way up because, or or on social media, it's just it's a it's a nightmare in itself. But definitely uh, hope for a better a better start.
0: Yeah, at at home, definitely like we'll be the first people to just stop cheering or do whatever. Like try playing this game in dead silence because we're so unimpressed with how you're playing right now.
1: And if Tuka Rask gets the start on Tuesday, which I I'm, I'm assuming he will, he and wins and he earns points that would tie a franchise record or that would be the franchise lead uh, because he is incredible. He's on an incredible streak right now of home wins. So if he wins, that's just a – it's either tying or it's a record
0: break. I'm not totally sure about that, but um, that's what I heard. I'm just looking at your face because – like you always like, yeah, there's a I am a I am a Krug fangirl, but you are the original Tuca fangirl and you have not wavered. You fan have not guy. wavered. I'm a fan guy. Well, same difference. <laughs> I think anytime our hearts I'm a are fun pad- guy. Anytime our hearts pattern it's like oh my god, I just love this person. <laughs> but yeah, I do like your love for Tuca is real. It does not waver.
1: I'm not like that bad, honestly. I just I, I like him as a player.
0: There was a time where you wanted to fire any Because it was Tim ever. Thomas. No, even without Tim, anybody. Because I can't anybody, stand that guy. It wasn't anyway. just Tim Thomas. It was everyone. I'm trying to give you credit for being a loyal fan, that not a Fairweather fan. Like, people always say that people in Boston are. I vote no. Oh, yeah. oh I mean, if I don't like you, I'll let you know. I'm not going to then be a fan. But <laughs> like, if I made it clear, I don't go the other way. <laughs> but anyways, Thursday, we're going to play Dallas at home on the 27th. Uh, happy birthday, Auntie Di, ahead of time, I guess. Uh, so... 7 p.m., Dallas, they're pretty good. They're third in the Central, they're third in the West, and they're eighth in the league, so... They've been
1: playing better. They've
0: been playing a lot better. Yes. They They went through some... uh I mean, let's pretend like Corey Perry wasn't messing up their whole entire thing when he went there, but... um Dallas is definitely playing more like Dallas should be playing, and that makes them dangerous because they have a very well-rounded team, at least in my opinion. Um, I think they have a very well-rounded team. They have a lot of people that can score. Still ain't mad that Tyler Sagan's on their team because right. I hate that dude. But uh, <laughs> I And I think overall, like, it will be said, like, he was one of the most underwhelming, like, I still hold I would have take. Taylor Hall has had to wander around looking for a home when he should have been here first. I know. That's just so my weird. take. I said it then. I didn't change my mind. I didn't like Sagan. The, and again, yeah, whatever. You score 30 goals and whatever. Yeah, you're basically still not living up to your potential. But they have a whole slew of dangerous people, including if Ben Bishop is on his game, you do not want. You know what I mean? When Benny's on, Benny is very, very good. It's hard to get him in. But... Uh, they are currently 35, 20, and 6 with 61 games played and 76 points. They have plus 7 differential for goals, so they can hang uh, away. They are 18, 10, and 2, so they're really good on the road. And they're 6, 2, and 2 in the last 10, although they did lose. Yes, yeah, so like you said, a lot of people lost yesterday. Uh, we did beat them on opening night, 2-1 to one win. We usually don't win on opening night, so it was like yay for us, but... It's been so long ago. That was fifty nine games ago since we've seen them or whatever. <laughs> uh, but I personally think Dallas is a very dangerous team because if their game is on, like you're gonna have to work for it. Like you're not. There's no rolling in there. Like oh, you're the big bad. But like you're gonna have to prove you're the big bad Bruins because they don't have an issue beating you on your home ice and they need the points too. You know because they're still in a good position. They can. Bump up higher, you know, right. to get themselves a better seat. And let's face it, with twenty games left, there are those of us who are in that are trying to keep our position. There are those that are in that are trying to jockey for a high position, and, the, and those are the mostly the Pacific Division just trying to be in. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's because that. it's so tight. But what what say you about the Dallas Stars? Who you were like? Who impresses you? Who do you like? Who you worried to oh, see?
1: It's the cast of characters. It's the you got to watch out for Sagan because he seems to be that type of. Of player that's taking over like the kind of, um, maybe not at a higher level, but um, what was that? I don't remember. Um, I started with a V. He played for Buffalo in in Detroit. Thomas Vanek. Thomas Vanek was always. The Bruins killer. Yeah, the Bruins killer. He kind of reminds me. You threw me off because I. He kind of reminds me of, um, of, uh, Sagan reminds me of him because, you know, even though that Vanek wasn't a Bruin. He just plays that type of, uh, you know, he, he gets up for those games. And Sagan does very well against us, especially lately. Mm-hmm. I noticed in the past couple of games that he's been he's been scoring. So, um, Jamie Venn, obviously, you got to watch out for him. Uh, I believe Nishushkin is a decent player. Um, Goaltending is always up and down, whether you have Bishop in net or not. Or, and I'm not a Hudobin fan. Um, yeah, I mean... Decent team.
0: I think it's going to be a hard game. To me, that's the one I'm looking for. I wish I
1: paid of. more attention to Dallas. I'd have a little bit more insight on, well, I on the players. You, I
0: would tell you more, but I did not pay attention as much as I normally do to the upcoming things. Saturday, February 29th. Why do they keep giving us Saturday, Sunday? It's like the weird thing. But anyways, it's a 1 o'clock game on Saturday the 29th. We're going to be at... The uh, Islanders, I admittedly did not write down, so I don't know if they're at the Barclays. No, if it's at, at the, the Nassau. Nassau. Yeah, yeah, because um, they still do that weird split thing. Can we just stop making them play in Brooklyn? Like Nassau might be busted. The, down, well, it's going to happen. But at least it's a hockey rink, like you know, like the, I think
1: they're breaking ground on the uh, yeah. on the new arena this yeah this, uh, yeah, this month. It, but it's I just think? the
0: Barclays Center was set up for basketball. It is not a hockey rink. Everybody hates playing there. Why?
1: That was a I, big mistake. Yeah. I, I still can't get over that the league approved them to use um tubing in there in their lines for the ice it was it was it wasn't I can't even think of the name right now but it's uh it wasn't it wasn't like
0: copper or anything like that it, it was just it was, it was PVC yeah. it's PVC and i was like oh my that, god yeah it's like worse like it makes the ice quality worse and things like that but nobody even the dimensions weren't set up like where a lot of the arenas were like you know the garden things like that madison square garden they're set up to be a basketball or a hockey rink. Do you know what I mean? So it has the right dimensions. And the Barclay Center is not set up like that at all. Nope. Um, But anyways, uh, the Islanders, always a tough team to play against. We played them twice already this year. They're currently 34, 20, and 6 with 62 games played uh, and 74 points. They are 19, 7, and 4 at home, so they do not like losing at all at home. Uh, In the last 10, they've been... Just mediocre, though. Five, five, and zero. They had a couple weeks where they were going through a rough patch where their play was not. But um, you never want to mess with a team that, like, they're they're one of those teams that aren't full of superstars, but they're full of really talented players. So they're yeah. always, to me, like, they don't have all the big names, but they have enough names, uh, and they play very well as a team, and also their coach is just awesome. So, um, but anyways, right now they are fourth in the Metro, sixth in the East, in the first wild card, and they are ninth in the league. They were third in they were third in the Metro last week. they keep popping up and down uh, in there, but we lost to them in December, three to two in a shootout. a shocker! They're one of our seven <laughs> shootout losses, and uh, we beat them in overtime uh, in January eleventh. So split contest. Two good teams. Yeah. Team I believe so. That you so. could very well maybe see in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, So, uh, I just, I, I think Dallas is more dangerous right now uh, just because of the division and trying yeah. to, you know, whatever. But uh, I always say keep your heads up. Whenever you are playing the Islanders, what say you, Mark?
1: I'm always up for a one o'clock game. That's for sure. I'm a big fan of those. It's usually because by the time it's seven o'clock, I'm shit host. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, I we love the island
0: podcast. Is at that point, sometimes. Oh my god! Like a seven o'clock.
1: Jesus, no. <laughs>
0: post game,
1: no. that'd be fun. That, oh yeah! Think of all the post- editing. Post game reaction, do. yeah.
0: post game reaction, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I like I like this matchup. Um, this I, uh, names are eluding me right now. I'm sorry, folks, but there's one player that I really enjoy. Um, Barzell. Huh? Yeah, Barzell. I like my Mar- I like Barzell. Yeah. But there's another one. I think he's a captain now. I don't remember his name. It's a short name. I don't
0: know. Yeah, I don't know enough about the island. Lee. Know- Anders Lee. Oh. oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure I, I like know. him. I'm not going to lie. Like, I watch them as a team, but I'm not memorizing anything about them. Right. Particularly.
1: Um, yeah, so I, I, I think the, I hopefully the Bruins can just truck through them, too, obviously. And hopefully they can truck through this whole week and, and just create more gaps. I really – I mean – with the limited amount of games that are coming up between now and the playoffs, I just want to see them create that much more of a gap. I, like I was so comfortable, and I know it sucks when you go through a stretch, or any franchise goes through a stretch, but when you lose a 15-point gap on everybody, it's uh, you know that's that's tough. When you and you bring it down to six points, it's kind of now you're playing. You know you're ahead, but you still feel like you're behind, and you still want to you want to you know cross that threshold a little harder, but.
0: Uh, good news is, though, we do have 12 points on Toronto again, so yeah, at least one of the teams that. we're making the game. I love camp. that. Oh, my God, I was so happy when I was like, yes, Florida, because they were one of the ones at the beginning of the season. I was like, Florida's making these playoffs. You have to make the playoffs, Florida, so at least I was right on something.
1: How would you like a matchup between the Panthers and the Verones? Would you...
0: See if it's different. Can score. it's yeah, different. It's different. Well, that's my thing. Is like I said, if I swear to God, if we play Toronto again, whatever the circumstances, I swear are, to
1: God, I hate this playoff system. It is.
0: It is the stupidest system. Freaking hate it. I don't think that in the playoffs come you should have to play out your division to go. But like you've already played your division five. To, like just again, right. I don't understand what's so hard about one eight, two seven. Like it was a great, and then the people in the middle can get stuck. Yep. But, you know whatever. Because we had
1: to. Well, we had to take it from football.
0: No, the worst is like, now that baseball wants to, I don't think anybody needs to expand. I I hate baseball. I'm not a big,
1: I'm not a big baseball fan, but Um, how do you feel about the, um, pick your opponent?
0: That is stupid. (laughs) You don't pick your opponent. Obviously you're going to pick the weakest (laughs) opponent. That's stupid. Second, the worst thing is, is in any sport, like hockey and basketball, we'll use that or football. We'll use that as an example, right? We'll have 32 teams soon, but 32 teams, right? Pretty much football's got 32. You don't need more people in the fucking playoffs. If everybody makes the playoffs, the playoffs mean nothing. You might as well just award whoever has the most points or wins or whatever your particular sport is at the end of the year and give them the trophy and say you won. We already, like, use, like, okay, well, I guess, well, actually, basketball, you can say I'm not a basketball watcher, but you can see how it doesn't diversify. You still have the same four teams are always going to probably be, you know, you could almost call it. Hockey's the same way. You can call the... Four last team you pretty yeah. much like just because toronto like just because you more people aren't gonna watch just because you put more teams in if your team still like if all of a sudden we let the buffalo sabers be in do you think that the sabers fans are gonna feel any better about their team no now you're dragging out the season now you're you know what i mean like, yeah it's stupid you already let half the teams in I don't think there should be that many. I'm a, I'm a less people in the playoffs because for me, a championship should be for the elite and not just for like, no offense, but you're yeah. number 12, you know, well, I guess 12, but like you're number 16, you're, you're literally the middle of the pack out of the whole entire league yet somehow. Now, that being said, that creates interesting mix-ups, but... I'm not, I can't, like with baseball, it used to be, the minute they added the middle division, I was like, this is the, this is stupid, okay? It should be the best of the East versus the best of the West, and that's it. But this idea of expanding and picking your opponent, give me a break. Yeah. How about um, when we were kids, baseball games, which were way more exciting ever than now. Why? Because there wasn't so much analytics in it.
1: That's true. And
0: baseball well, is a game that has always had a lot of analytics. So, hockey, hockey
1: is now analytic too.
0: Right. But like baseball is a sport that was fundamentally more analytic. Letting more people in doesn't make it more exciting. It makes it less exciting. When we were kids, baseball games, two and a half hours, we watched some of the greatest pitchers that ever pitched, some of the greatest players that ever played, and you know what? They were done in two and a half hours to three hours. Every time baseball tries to make itself more exciting, which here's a tip, I love baseball, but it's baseball not. is not exciting. <laughs> it's not exciting till you get to playoffs playoff so you have certain matchups. So it is not going to be any more exciting if the first round is like, oh, we're the best team in... The American League, so let's pick the worst team that qualified and play them. It's stupid. Oh, all right, just, all right, let's,
1: let's get off the baseball because do I'm getting Listen to me, up, Gary to sweat. Everybody thinks I feel like this. I have, like,
0: Nobody thinks that it should be the system. Literally, everyone thinks it should be rank them one through eight, or maybe reseed after the second round or something. But it's stupid.
1: All right, go. Let's take our first break. It's a little late. I know we were going off here, but uh, let's hear from the great folks at the College Hockey, Inc. website. You can follow them at College Hockey on Twitter. We'll be right back. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Nick Bukestad. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal. David Backus Go! zach parisi were stars on campus before the nhl stage whether you are a fan or a player nothing compares to college hockey visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at college hockey champions of the college hockey world we have a trade to announce and for those of you in the building you'll be particularly interested That's right, Gary Bettman. The Boston Bruins have made a deal, and um, kind of um, on the fence about it. It's it's it, it's very interesting. the the uh, The team didn't wait till the eleventh hour like they normally do, um, but uh, there's some good uh, factors in this in this discussion. Uh, the Bruins trade David Backus; they relieve his six million uh, AAV off the books which is huge for not only this year, but also for next year because he was under contract. And re- relieving those funds give a little more leeway to lock down some key players, i.e. Tory Krug, Grizzly, um, DeBrusque, and who knows who's going to be in net. We'll definitely talk about that later. Um, but they give up uh, a pretty decent prospect. I was a big fan of um, Axel Anderson, and uh, they give up the first-round pick. Uh, I'm always a big fan of the picks. And replenishing the prospect pool. But unfortunately, those are the things that you have to do in business to get rid of something of that nature. The Boston Bruins do eat 25% of that cap of David Backus. So it is what it is. But they get Andre Kosh and Kasha. Akasha. Sorry, Jesus. Um, and he's a decent forward. Um, I'm not sure about uh, Versatile on what side. Uh, I think he's a right, right winger. Yeah. Um, but he's been injured, and and, and according to Cap Friendly, he's currently on the IR. I'm assuming that he'll be off the IR um, sometime tomorrow mm-hmm. and be in the game against Calgary on Tuesday. Uh, seems to be a decent player. I've watched some video on him. He does have some, some good attributes in, in the tool bag. Uh, he shoots a lot. And he's on pucks, and I think he's a hard worker. Not very physical. I know the people are gonna be like, "You didn't, you didn't get the aggressive guy or the fighter," and this and that. I know you people are just crazy about that, um, but I think he's a, a decent addition to the forward core. Uh, hopefully, I mean, he uh, a, a different place scenery is di- you know is gonna give him a spark, especially with countrymen David Krejci and David Pasternak on the same team and and a lot of the other checks that are, are involved in the organization you know i think he's going to be a solid player here uh but it, it remains to be seen his health his health is a big issue um concussions issues um and
0: so on so i think it's a good deal currently i don't i currently he's on the ir though because he had the flu and he's you don't, sick you, you don't put you don't put Players on IR, if you're but sick. he. But this is what I'm saying is on I, an injury. Can you let me finish what I'm saying before you get all mad at me? What I'm saying to you is, I think he was on the IR and he hasn't come off yet, not because of the injury, yeah, but I because know. he was still there. Yeah. So I'm sure he'll probably be here in Calgary. You know what I mean? Like in Boston. Yeah, like yeah. he's sick. That also can still be a move if Don Sweeney is trying to make another move by tomorrow to keep the the two six or whatever that he's worth, right? Is it two something it's like two point six? Two point six something. million. Yeah. If he's on the IR, that still's a little more leeway. Do you know what I mean? Yep. For tomorrow. That could be another reason why he has not come off. That's just what I'm thinking. By all well, words though, he's a pretty that's just something I was thinking. Like if he if he was already on there, right, and then like before he could come back he's still sick. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Yeah. You know how teams play that game. It yeah. also can be a way to kind of maybe hold that cap head off for an extra. Yeah, but 20.
1: the this, the Bruins have enough cap with 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 back is gone now, so they not really have to worry well, about any on, cap restrictions. Depends on what you want to do, though. Yeah, yeah,
0: you know what I mean, like. We still, if you're trying to keep money to re sign people, you know what I mean? Deadline
1: it's, cap space right now is 3.9. Yeah,
0: that's still not a lot of. If you want to go and try and get one of those bigger fishes, you know. You're going to
1: have to replace a, a roster player and get. In to you're going to have to trade a contract to receive a contract, basically. Yeah,
0: that's so, what I mean. Is that although it was good to free up the space and move David Backus, and Don Sweeney couldn't have thanked David Backus more because David Backus did not have to waive his no trade clause, he could have just sat there and said. middle finger, I will just sit here and make you pay me. You know what I mean? But he didn't. Uh, So um, I think he's a young player. He's 24. I mean, he had a good year. This year he's only played 30 games, but he's had injuries this year. But his rookie campaign, he played 53, which isn't bad rookie season. He's got a
1: 20-goal season under his his
0: career. If he's healthy. So he's played 198 Games in the NHL, he's got 43 goals and 53 assists. That's not bad for a 24 year old that has not. He doesn't play all 82 games. He right. Last, oh, not last season, the the his second year, he had 66 games played, so that's pretty good. But he seems like he's a pretty solid like third liner. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, he's a
1: worker. I mean, it, and
0: like you said, a change of scenery, he might be able to slot up higher. I yeah, he not might. Sure, s- if this fixes things, but it gives more options to fix things because.
1: There's a lot of folks that are talking that he could be um, a second line winger or a third line winger. That depends, um, you know, what you're going to do with Heinen and then the deadline, which we're we'll talking about later. Um, I just think it's an it's an overall decent move. It's it's been one that's been rumored for a while, um, and and the Bruins have been doing the due diligence out in the West Coast in uh, L.A. Obviously, with the tylets of Foley rumors and. Um, and obviously, you know, being there for Andre Kosh. Uh, did I say that right? Oh not really. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I think it's all right. Uh, I, I just it, it just remains to be seen how how he creates chemistry here, how he's fit, where Bruce puts him. Um, I just think it's going to work out. I mean, is it is it a blockbuster move that's going to put us over the threshold of winning a cup? Not saying that. Uh, not saying that. There's 19, 20 games left that have to, still have to be played and. There's plenty of time for him to get accustomed to, you know, getting ready and getting back to health. And, you know, that's the... And he
0: played with Pasternak on the Czech national team, too. Like, they're the same age. They grew up together playing on the national team together and stuff. He had nothing but great things to say. No, he was very excited. Uh, There, and I mean, I think David Krejci is like the... All the young guys, that they're his hero. You know, like, they all want to... Czech mafia and the Boston uh, organization is getting stronger. I think, though, that... We talked about last week about, like, I don't feel like you should blow up your team when you're in first place just to, like... Because sometimes that doesn't help the situation. It actually makes you lose your... You know, like, we talked about, like... Yes, there is still a chance they might go out and try and get a Paul Mary or whoever. I personally think that Don Sweeney is smart. Like, last year. This is a lot like last year's move, right? I know you hated Charlie Coyle. Like, the idea you were, like, I mean, you were not happy talk with talk about trade, it. Right? Yeah. And we'll talk about that later, but... Sometimes um, the parallel moves and the... You know, even like we talked about last week a little bit with Heinen, right? That really all you're going to get back is another Heinen. So is it worth trading your Heinen to just get a Heinen back? I mean, you know, kind of thing. And he's one of those players. He can probably slot in the middle, you know, somewhere you need him on the right side, you know. He seems like, you know, he's had some injuries, but when he's on the ice, he seems to be pretty productive. And also, the Anaheim Ducks are a dumpster fire (laughs) and it's hard to excel when your team is that... Like, look at... I don't wanna point out your boy Tyler Tofoli but like LA is a hot mess. Every they're selling everything, like firestorm there. He's in Vancouver, which is a better stable team, a growing young team, you know what I mean? And yep. bam, now you've got some room to breathe, right? And now you now you're looking like you're top two top lines instead of a third of so I don't know. I, I think it's a good move. He's alright, you know, like looking at I have Obviously, don't know a lot about him because he is an Anaheim, you know, but, or was an Anaheim, but I think he, just seeing, watching him on tape, he looks like a player. A lot of times we go out and get players that don't fit in our system and don't play yeah. with the... He looks like he He looks fit. like... And it's not just because he's familiar with, like, Pasnak and them because he's probably not playing with Pasnak, Maybe Krejci not Passanac, though, probably.
1: I mean, he seems to have the energy and the, and the talent to, like... Good st- energy, pl- quick feet. He has to nice To play hands. with Krejci. I mean, Krejci seems to me, and I know uh, there's a lot of people out there that are Krejci haters, but Krejci seems to me that the the type of player that makes others better. He might not look like he's making himself better, mm-hmm. even though he is. He's a, he's a contributing factor. Mm-hmm. But I just think that he'll you know would be good, uh, um, you know, on the line with Jake DeBrus too. Yeah. I think Jake's really picking it up. I think he's going to be a valued asset moving forward. Uh, get more secondary scoring along the way, and just you know now you're going to have one, two, three lines of, of solid jam, punch, and scoring ability. You know, the third line's not going to be a goal-producing monster, but it's going to be a puck-possession monster against the other top lines uh,
0: moving forward and into play, uh, postseason rounds. So. And we've talked about, like, I think I think Krejci and Debrusque have good chemistry. I just think that they're never a line. They're always a dot. Obviously, oh. Jake's young. Super, any forward is super streaky. Like, you could—I mean, it hasn't happened, but we've seen in the past people like David Pastenak or Brad Marchand. Like— on fire and disappear for like 2 weeks like you never like where are you you know like it it happens. I think it was a good move for what they needed to do, right? First of all, we only retain 25% of Bacchus's contract. That's a win because everyone all year is like you're going to have to retain half, half. of it, does Yeah. Half. No. Sometimes like I and I kept saying all year, sometimes you can find a team that has plenty of cap space that's willing to take on contracts like that. Also, David Bacchus could come in like remember at the beginning of the season we're like well damn it looks like he was trying to keep his spot just because he's older it doesn't mean you know like anaheim's rebuilding you know what I mean? Yep. Is David Backus ever going to be a first or second line center again no. in this league? No. But he could be a solid fourth line center and teach the young kids they're going to probably pick up and this and that how to play the game and pass the knowledge down and maybe play out the rest of his contract and then yeah. retire from there. You know what I mean?
1: They're already talking about how valuable he's going to be in the room for the yeah. younger players that are coming up from part of San Diego and, You know, on a lower cap hit number. and depends on what Anaheim does uh, over the offseason in free agency. I mean, he's just going to be a value uh, piece over there. So, good for him
0: because, like we said, it's kind of sad to watch it go down like this. Like, for a player like – of his generational player like him. You know, maybe he might not be the fanciest one or whatever. But as for leadership value, just consistency, yes, the last couple of years he's had a lot of – but, like, he's a workhorse. He's always – you know what I mean? Like, so that's good for him. And, again, like, what was the – we were just going to end up getting – we couldn't really afford anybody – more than that, like, you know what no, I mean? Like a two yeah. to three player, so... I it had to be done. But, like, the videos, to me, said, like, he looks like he'll play well in this style. He's fast, he's young, he has good hands. Not really... I don't want to say, like, the tough kind of gritty, but, like, he also is not scared when people are coming at him kind of thing. He doesn't back off. Right. Uh, not in a stupid way, but just in a... Not in a young and dumb, but just... I don't know, and... Hopefully he's as excited as Pasternak is to hear. Did you hear Pasternak? They were asking him about Kasha and then he was going on, and then they started asking him about curling. And he said that he thinks that David Krejci should retire from the professional hockey and be a professional <sighs> curling player.
1: Yeah, they did go. They did play uh, a little bit of curling on the downtime. Yeah, it was pretty fun. cool. Uh, moving on to the next topic, um, and it's about Halak, and what we need to do moving forward with him. Uh, he's going to have to be re-signed, so he's, an, uh, he's a UFA at the end of the season, and with the uh, the number that's needed to sign everybody, it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen all at once. I think that things are going to have to be changed over the offseason to be cap-compliant for next year. It's going to be tight again to start that year. Uh, you've got free agents such as, uh, you know, we talked about it, Gryzlik, Um They re-signed Lozon. So yeah, man. Lozon's all set. So it's just – oh, I just don't see – Matt I just don't see – I don't know. The, the Bruins do have the one of the best tandems in the league. I get that. And I do. I would want to see that move forward. But when you look at it as a business – I just think that Halak, the way he's playing, is he's really showing other teams that they could be real interested and he might want to test the market. If that happens, what's going to be a plan B? Because, honestly, I don't see it right now in Providence. I think there's potential there, but it's still a year or two away. Uh, and, and, And I've always claimed that you don't want to bring up a young kid that's 19, 20, 21 years old to sit on the bench. You're going to need somebody that's going to be, has NHL experience, just like you did when you went and got Halak. You went out in the market and you found a player that is suitable and can do the job. There's a decent market.
0: John Gibson's going to have a job now.
1: (laughs) There's a decent market this this summer in the offseason. And if they wanted to do anything before the trade deadline, or... You could piece him. You could trade him before then and you can bring up Max Legacy who's gonna, you know, be there, but you're not gonna have that one A, one B anymore. Especially going into the playoffs if something happens to Ras. There's so many avenues we can travel on this on this topic. It's ridiculous. And we can't hit them all because of time constraints. But like I look at the future and I'm looking at Cap Friendly right now and the free agent list on who's gonna be available. And there's a lot of decent goaltending out there that the Bruins could, could look and did what they did with Halak and get somebody in there that's got experience. I mean, I'm, I'm really impressed with Jacob Markstrom lately, and, and he's a free agent. Obviously, I think the, the, um, the, the Vancouver Canucks are going to want to lock him up, but th- those are the types, I mean, I mean, you're not going to get Braden Hopey because you're not going to pay that money. He's going to get crazy money no matter where he goes. If, if he resigns in Washington, he's going to get 90 money. Like I'm talking, like possibly, like Cro. I mean, uh, carry money back in the day, but even though the market was different back then, but like Corey Crawford, I, I know, uh, Robin Liner, he's been playing well. Uh, I don't know if you want to, you know, entertain a Jimmy Howard. I mean, he's got the experience, but you do Matt Murray, Matt Murray's Stanley Cup winner twice, two times in a row. Yeah,
0: but he's been kind of a hot mess this year. He's not Matt Murray. Of right. Like, you know.
1: But like Cam Talbot. <laughs> who'd Oban, I wouldn't want to take a chance. Um, but uh, Keith Kincaid, uh, Leon, uh, Louis Deming, he seems to play really well wherever he goes, for, but it doesn't last very long. But we don't really need. So if, if a trade had to be made, these are the types of players that you could bring in.
0: Honestly, I don't think it's going. I don't. This is just my opinion. Although it has to be addressed, the backup goaltending, that is not a need that we have right now in the next 19 games or whatever and go into the playoffs. And because they are one of the best tandems, it would seem foolish to me to not just let it play out and see what, ha- you know what I mean? And work on it.
1: Addre- the- address it during the off season. Yeah. Okay. It, it,
0: to me, that seems like a safer move, whether Yarrow. Now we don't know. Yarrow might be willing to just sign for the same amount, you know, like, cause I'm not willing to, we don't have it. An, and again, you're the goaltender guy, but I have eyes. There is no one in that AHL system, or like you know our prospect system, that is ready to be a true split the time, you know mostly forty sixty kind not of goal right team with Tuca, not as high level compete as we are as a team and the teams that we have to play. So for me, it would make more sense to a you. I mean, one thing that is with Halak in, and this I know you don't like Hudobin, but Hudobin kind of have this too. Tuca is very comfortable with them as the yeah. other goaltender. He doesn't, I think it takes pressure off him when he's comfortable. And I and I get you don't have to make your decisions based on people being comfortable, you know. I mean, whatever, they're grown-ups and they're getting paid a lot of money, you know. But the tr- it is important to have trust because if you're the $7 million man like Tuka, right, and he knows he's got to bear the brunt of it because he is the, the starter, right? Yep. But we live in a world with one a one b whatever i'm like everybody one a's one b's everything to death now like this <laughs> well it is no but they say that about everything you one a one b right wing? no that doesn't that's not how it works it makes sense for goalies, yeah. but not you know i just mean like that term has infiltrated. but to disrupt that that's one of those don't blow your system up now like we're gonna need a backup goaltender but we'll be able to find one that's his price or lower because like no offense like Braden hopey great when he is on his game, he is wonderful. I am not paying him five million yeah. or $1 million dollars. Oh,
1: you're gonna pay um, him a lot more than that.
0: I would like to see someone like a Yarrow, like a um like a Ryan Miller, who has starting experience, backup experience, and is comfortable being in their new role, right? I mean, in my ideal world, Henrik Lundquist would want to be my backup goaltender, but he's not going to, okay? <laughs> he's just not. Um, but for me, that would make more sense. Because what like we talked about, I don't like blowing up teams. Like like if your team sucks, blow it up all you want and try and make the best moves and salvage what yeah. you can before the off season. But we have too many other free agents. We don't know that Yarrow, even though he is playing better. Like everyone keeps assuming just because a player is worth more money that they're willing. Let's be honest. Torrey Krug's worth nine million dollars on the open. Alan radio.
1: Walsh is his, is his agent. Right. But I, what I'm saying. I know is, what he does.
0: Right. But he drives prices up. It's the player, though, right? Because there have been some agents in this last off season that drove up like, oh, well, this guy's getting this and that. But some of the people didn't sign. for They signed for what they're worth. You right. know what I mean? In the end. That's the other problem is, I don't know, maybe it's just part of society, but, like, this idea of, like, like I said to you, I'm not paying you for what you're going to be in seven years. I don't care what you are yep. in seven years. I care what you're going to be in the next two to three years. I'm with you. Any contract longer than a four year is stupid at this point. Okay. Uh, but I I would wait until the off season and see. I know you want to get in the game early so that you're not um you're losing out on some of those opportunities. But we can't afford a four million dollar backup. Yeah. You know if if it would be more cost efficient to pay Yarrow three and give him a two hundred fifty thousand dollar boost. Than to not be able to sign DeBrusque or something like yeah. that's just to me. Uh, yeah. is that long? I don't mean to be a long-winded. I sorry.
1: It's, right. it's um, it's just, it's just, it's being brought up. Because yeah. you know, it's a trade deadline. That's it, tomorrow at three thirty and or three o'clock, whatever. And it's just there's so many different avenues people are traveling to find uh, cap space and what makes sense and so on. But
0: what do you think would be a better idea? Wait till the off. Well,
1: I I would wait till the off season and, and go um. Younger, if available, and um, the money has to be lower because just everything that has to be done before next season, um, you don't want to be giving him a raise because the fact is that you're going to be cutting back on other things.
0: Well, what I meant to you is like, say you get to that point, right? And you pretty much only have the two and a half to three and a half million dollar, like good. I mean, you don't want to buy a backup that is taking you backwards. either. Like, You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Would it make more sense to, if you're going to have to pay $3 million anyways? Like we talked about before, like tuke has got one more year, like to just pay right. that to some, and again, maybe not Yarrow, but someone who is that same caliber though, of a backup. Because there's like Yarrow backup goaltenders, and then there's like Joe Smo backup goaltender, who is not going to support your your A goaltender, you know, or whatever.
1: When so. you look at it from a business aspect, it's just, you, you got to gotta make it work cap-wise. Uh-huh. And, and there's There's a long list of players that need to be signed that Don Sweeney needs to work on just as he did last season. So I, I just for me, it's cap availability. And if you can't win this year, you got to go all in next year because th- this window of winning now is is closing with this core. And
0: well, that's what I'm thinking though, too, is we do have a little more cap relief coming for the summertime. Uh, the RFAs he can play with a little bit longer, you know, but like say they make a deal, like even if it's not announced and they figure out they're going to re-sign Tory Crew, he's going to know where he's at more. You know what I mean? For yeah, what he has to play with for goal. I I don't think though that anybody in our system is ready to be the solid split No, that's, that's
1: why you have to go free agent if, and, if, if, if if he walks.
0: And I always think of like Blaine Locker, you like burnt him out. Right? Right? You're the because, second
1: person that said that. Well,
0: I just mean like he was, he had a lot of, potential yeah. but because we did not have a goaltender you rode him like to the point that he never came back <laughs> like, yeah, like it's where is he that where in the world is blaine lock can you send us a shout out blaine lock i'd like to know where you are are you okay what do you ever think but i say wait till summertime you might have there is a big long list you don't want to wait too long i i understand where that's coming from but right. i also don't think that's helping us be better for the playoffs and that's really where we got to have our focus at this point
1: all right, moving on to the next topic: um, the Coil trade. One year later, on Thursday, I believe it was the twentieth um, last season, the Boston Bruins traded uh, Ryan Donato uh, a pick to get Charlie Coyle, who was um, he had one one year, right? Yes, he did have one year left on his deal, so that was a decent deal. And I'm not all bent over the loss of Ryan Donato, um, but
0: who's probably getting traded again?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of eating my words on this one, um, but I'm still, I'm still gonna die on the hill that I just, I don't like the idea of. Let's just see what he can do. Let's see what he can do in a new environment. I and I'm back on the whole point production. When you make a trade, you're not doing it from a, a place of, of, you know. I don't know. It's just very strange for me, but things are working out, like. Maybe it's because I didn't see Charlie Coyle on a regular basis in Minnesota because I don't pay a ton of their attention around the league. But I'm definitely seeing what a lot of people are. are have been pointing out to me. Um, and I think that he's a, he's a good addition to this team at the money he got for his five-year deal. Um, so definitely a win for the, for the Bruins in this one. But where does he go further? Like I am I'm I'm totally, totally, totally on he needs to stay up the middle. Do not put him on the ring, wing anymore.
0: I was gonna joke, we're gonna go, Well, of course he I'm goes to be the second line that. right wing. I'm so
1: oh. tired of that. But no, I just I just wanted to bring up this this thing that it has been a good year for him. He's really getting comfortable in Boston. You can see in his interviews that he really loves playing here. Uh he, you know, of course he was a Bruins fan. But he's we don't uh, know
0: that. He could have been a Whalers fan. Could've
1: been. Could have been, but he does. He does play well. He makes other people around him better, and like that puck possession skills. I never knew how much important that is uh, when you look outside of the uh, the. I mean, the the numbers that you produce and so on. But one year later, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of it now. Um, I still would like to see him score more. His his point production has always been a problem with him in his career. I want to see him get more involved and with... Would that be more involved if he got more leeway on a higher line with better talent? Because usually the third line, third and fourth lines are the ones that are always mishmashing around. So you really can't create any creativity. But with the Krejci departure after next season and him slotting up, I'm, I'm assuming, and then Bergeron is gone and then he goes to the top and please... I'm not comparing Coyle to Bergeron. I'm getting sick of hearing this online because I I say things like that, and they're like, whoa, he'll never be a Bergeron. I'm like, I'm not saying that. Obviously,
0: no one will ever be a Bergeron. He's going to take
1: his spot. He's going to take his spot. To Bergeron is not playing until he's 90, enough people. But regardless, he's he's the type of player that you can rely on, and I think that his point production might even get a little higher with with the, the higher grades up the line. Mm-hmm. up the up the middle, so um, yeah, I mean, I wasn't a fan, but i I am now. he's just he's just checking all the boxes off, and hopefully that point production gets higher like it was in the playoffs last season because mm-hmm. that's when he was a monster, and I was like, holy crap, you know, how come he's not doing this in the regular season?
0: Well, some people are. They, step they get up, up for it yeah you yeah. know what i mean like the, we've seen plenty of people that in like the first 82 games where like yeah there's a reason that you're buried on that fourth line you know what i mean kind of thing but then the minute the playoffs start they become your stu- which is exactly what our third and fourth lines did last year right they as great as the production line is they
1: were a rock all year
0: the third and fourth line yeah they and whoever was this year. there. Right. They've, they've struggled this year a little bit, but I also think part of that is also the chemistry, like they had to like reset it. Right. Because Heiden had to play up a lot because of injury and stuff last year. Right. Like he was on the second line more than the third line last year or first line for that matter. right? Right. Sometimes they'd slot him up on the first, which I actually think I wouldn't put him there all the time, but I think he actually plays very well on the first line. Uh, but that also goes back to we see more value in Heinen than a lot of people do uh but Heinen's exactly an example like a Charlie Coyle sometimes your points although their points aren't as for the amount that you're paying them for their position and what they do they are play drivers and that's what they do and that I think although Charlie Coyle he had a big chunk of time he was struggling to do that right as of late even I mean his point production has gone up but his Ability to drive the play has gone back up because now it's settling back down. It's not like this week I'm on the second line, this week, you know. and yep. For me, everything is about chemistry. You could have 12 forwards that are your, they they are the all-star team. But if they don't click, then you just have a bunch of really good players that can't get the puck in the net, right? Yeah. Yep. Right. So for me, to go the long haul, like you don't blow up your gold hitting you stabilize that third and fourth line. Charlie Coyle might be the second line center in two years, but right now I need him to be my third line center and pull it. Because when that line is clicking, they are the best line on our team, regardless of what the numbers say. The fourth line, I need them to click a little more. I don't know what is going on with them. I think that's partly Sean Carrick's thing. But as for Charlie Coyle, I like Charlie Coyle, so I wasn't upset in that deal because I'm not... I don't think you always have to go all in at the trade deadline. Sometimes go in in a here and in here sometimes can get right. you the benefits. Of, right. You know, and obviously Joe Hanson was part of that. That's why I kind of feel like maybe no more. But Charlie Coyle, I think for the, what we gave up and what we got back, what are we want to wait around? Five more years for Ryan Donato to... Nah, you, he wouldn't have made it. Exactly. The bottleneck, so, the, the bottleneck
1: my, factor would have eaten right. him and up. Right, and part of
0: that also is just attitude is everything too. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? And like showing growth. The one thing with Coyle that you have makes me nervous doesn't is... doesn't mean... Because... He is older. Do you know what I mean? He's 28 or whatever. That doesn't mean he's going to be ancient. You know what I mean? But we see often in this league what Declined. happens around 31 or 32. Yeah. I mean, look at, like, everybody can say whatever they want about the David Backus deal. But when David Backus got that money, he was still David Backus, right? Yeah. And then a series of things happened to to accelerate the decline, yeah. right?
1: Thank God that's all over. In
0: a perfect Right. But that can happen to anybody. We've seen oh, it yeah. happen to many right. players, right? Right. Uh, I mean, not all players. I mean, Yaga's going to play till he's 750 just in any league he feels like or whatever team he feels like. But I think overall it was a win-win. We didn't give up a lot. We didn't take on a lot. You know what I mean? Yep. I'm a big, like, I like term. I like if someone has term. Like uh, Kasha, right? He's got another. He signed through 2021. Great. Right. Those kind of players I love for many reasons. They're good to move. They're low salary in the grand scheme, Right. They're not making much more than those guys coming off their entry level deals, but they have a lot more experience in, you know, whatever. Right. So for me, I think I think the coil trade, and I tried to tell you that you would like it if you gave it time, and I'm glad you did. What can you do? We can't control who's actually on the team, no, right? I, I get it. I think I think though, a year later, like that was probably one of the smartest, not just Don Sweeney, but like the Bruins in general have made at any kind of trade deadline. Again, to not blow your team up, but to share your team up, and that's yep. what high level teams should be doing at this. Yep,
1: certainly a, a help uh, for the Stanley Cup playoff run they made last year. So, and hopefully, mm-hmm. another help this year.
0: Oh, please!
1: <laughs> One thing that does not help, and moving on to the next topic, is 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 a frustrating factor for me. Is the is the NHL schedule and how it just sucks. And that's and that's how I wrote it on my on my show notes. <laughs> NHL schedule and how it sucks. Here's uh, the I just simply don't get the idea of all this, and I, I know there's many avenues to get to think about of uh, arena availability, where the teams are going to be. There's a lot of lot of moving parts that have got, that happen, but I got to find the tweet from Ty Anderson today because it was absolutely hilarious, and I'm like, you know, I'm using this as a topic because Ty Anderson is from ninety eight point five Sports Hub. He's a fantastic writer. And he's also on the, uh, the hockey show mm-hmm. on Saturdays with those guys. Really cool guy. And uh, I've met him a couple times at Bruins events. I like to listen it. to
0: him on Toucher and Rich myself. Yeah, on. yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I've, I met him several times at, um, when I was covering media events with him. So, But uh, he said, it's, it's completely nonsense. Bruins came out of the bye week with five sets of back-to-backs. All travel with all time zones jumping. Over twenty three days. That's that's a point of bye week. That. What oh he's I'm sorry. He says, "What's the point of a bye week if that follows?" Man, I am terrible today at talking. Um, so yeah, he makes a very valid point. It's like you go on the bye week to rest up, but then all of a sudden you come out of there, and your month is just full with
0: what seemingly is is all back to backs. I mean. We have another back-to-back next week. Tampa and Florida back-to-back. Two teams that are hot playing. What You know what I mean? Like...
1: It's like, this brings me back to my point about the whole bye week. You should all do it as one league. Everybody shut down in the middle. Christmas time. That's it. And then, you, then you're able to spread everything out. I know, I know there's a couple people that reached out to me and said the NHL wouldn't do it because they make a ton of money on that, on, on those times, in that time frame. I don't know about that. I'm not sure. There's no facts that were presented to me at all about yeah. money and dollar value when it goes up and down in the league. But this is just crazy, you know. This is like when they do it, when they have the uh, an Olympic year when they actually participate in the
0: Olympics. The schedule gets constricted like that. Mm-hmm. I just think that which I don't understand because in the Olympics, okay. So if you if you gave all the NHL players the same bye week, I get it. You're literally shutting down your league. You do not have to shut down your league. You can actually still play your league. Just because maybe not all your top guys are there for two weeks. You know what I mean? Yeah. You actually could, but you refuse to. You could be flexible on that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you refuse to. That's bullshit. Because there are still hundreds of other people that aren't on the... I mean, you. there's only 30 people who make the Olympic team. You know what I mean? And yeah. like... Yes, I get in the NHL. That's a lot, but a lot of the it depends on what team you are. Okay, so Canada, the U.S., Russia, you're gonna lose a lot of your NHL players, but Germany and the Czech Republic, they're gonna have a lot of people who still play in the national systems are gonna be in those. And you're not, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. also, like I don't care. Like if David Krejci, this could be his last Olympics and wants to play, you know, like let him play. Remember, like Marco Sturm, he he had a year where it was like. His career was, you know, sliding, whatever, when he was on a team. And he capped their thing. He always wanted to represent Team Germany. Why should you—no offense, but these players, yes, it is the elitist of elite, but these are the elite players in the world, and they could play anywhere they friggin' wanted to. They choose to play in your league because that's where they can make the most amount of money and get the most world exposure.
1: Makes sense.
0: They were NHL players before they got to you. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. why you drafted them into your league. Not you made them NHL players. You know, I just... But the schedule is stupid. But the argument of, like, money, this... That's stupid. No one is buying money that week anyways because everybody already spent all their damn money.
1: All right, yeah, this, the schedule is just terrible. I'm not a fan of it at all, and I wish it would be worked on. Something that maybe the Board of Governors uh, can work on over the offseason to try to address and... I don't know, but uh, just at this point in the show, I just want to let everybody know we're going through some technical difficulties. This is just another week of of this crap, and I'm just getting tired of it, so we're just going to keep trucking on. Um, We do have a a listener question from my friend Chris Blackie. He is a co-host of the Big Bad Bruins podcast, and he's also a decent writer. Um, He asks, uh, with Kasha in the fold, what's the plan for Kuhlman for the rest of the season? Um I'll take I'll go first on this one. This is in, 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 an interesting conversation because uh, the availability of Coleman going being waiver exempt is an option to send him down um, and that could definitely be used. Uh, I don't know. I think Bruce really likes him in the lineup and he likes his edge like his, likes his speed, likes his, uh, his work, um, but with the addition of another forward there is a fortunate you do have to send somebody either to be that rotating 14th forward or 13th forward, whatever,
0: or send them down to Providence. Uh, what are your thoughts? I think that Coleman just lost his spot in the lineup, and I say that only because he is still young, and this Kasha probably has more not not saying he's being slotted on the second line. That's just one of the options with him. Uh but he has a little bit more experience and it's gonna come down to chemistry. Like Car- I like Carson Coleman too, but let's face it. He only came up last year because of injuries and he got his look and he was kind of there and he came up, he was kind of giving him a second tier. You know what I mean? In a second turnaround. He earned it, he got injured, he was out, but if Kasha proves to be also quick and can move the and can dig in the corners and has good hands. Then no offense, you're the odd man out, Carson Coleman, and you're going out to Providence. I agree with you though. I don't I don't like a young player sitting. You know what I mean. So I feel like they're going to probably rotate him in and out, get people rest. But pretty sure Carson Coleman just got the boot again. You know what I mean? And for an as needed, that's nothing against him. He's young. He needs experience. But it, I think it would be more. Serving to him to have him go back down to Providence and play. Because even up on the the Bruins, he's not always your... You know what I mean? It's not like he's consistent in life. It's not like, you know, if Charlie Coyle goes down. Charlie Coyle's coming back in the lineup when he's healthy. Like, you know, Coleman isn't that role yet. I'm not saying he hasn't earned to have time up. I just think where he's at his career, maybe going down and Just one of those situations. It sucks. And that doesn't mean he won't be up next year. You know what I mean? That just...
1: See, I think, I think his full-time role in the NHL would be next season. Yeah. Because there's going to be more availability because there's, there's going to be departures. There's going to be players that I think the Bruins want to get rid of. Like um, Nordstrom, I don't think he's coming back. I don't see, um, I, I keep wanting to say Pavel Shen, but it's not his name. Parlinholm, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't. I. I maybe they buy him out. I don't know. It's just. It's just very well, strange. Did
0: Par Lindholm have another? Or did? Yeah, he. Came I more. can't remember him and Richie if they only had the one year. If they had the two, I can't remember. I tried He's to got block two. All right, He's I tried got one to block a season eight hundred
1: fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. And he's a UFA the, at the end of twenty one. The like only thing 20, with 21.
0: those kind of players, though, is going to be like, what else can you get? Do you know what I mean? Because if you have to, that's not a lot of contract to take on. You can maybe package him somewhere else and move, you know. Yeah. Um, also, we're going to need some people to dump in the stupid draft next year for a for for Seattle, Seattle, which next month we should I have always a we forget about that. Uh, I'm never prepared for that I, conversation. Well, and we and we talked about this a little bit too. That's what makes kind of this off season and stuff a little more interesting because teams when they're signing contracts, they they have it in the back of their head. Like, okay, well, maybe Parlin Holmes not my favorite. He's only eight hundred and fifty. I don't don't have to protect his ass. Like right. you know what I mean? Right. And that's gonna happen with some players. That's why it is important for us to sign certain players like if you want Grizzly Ke- like for example if you want Grizzly here for the long run if you tr- and it seemed i mean he earned his time he seems like he's part of the plan right if we can get the bi- the big kind of gritty guy with the quick movie guy like you know that seems to be how our defensive system's and at going. Affordable cost. yeah exactly you, they're going to have to decide there are people they're going to protect there are people they aren't going to protect there are people that they could sign and they'll go that's fine as long as you know you're not getting a no trade clause like you could be on you know earn your spot this is part of the bottleneck this is part of a lot of the veterans I mean obviously like Charlie but like like Krejci still has a good couple years and I know his contract maybe not go that but if David Krejci is still playing like David Krejci they might give him another year you know yeah. on this and that and same thing with uh the Bergerons of the world right as they near the end of their career yeah, year to year contract they're gonna year to two year contracts with them let's face it at the unless there was a blockbuster deal at this point in their career, David Krejci, Patrice Bergeron and them, they're retiring Bruins if they can, if the cap is there in their space. And they should. They've played their whole career here. They've earned their time. They've earned the cut. you know, like, yeah, sure, there's times like yeah, But I think that Coleman's out, at least for this season, to see whatever.
1: Unfortunate.
0: Yeah, so it's sad, but hopefully. it's not a slight way, though. It's not like – not in the way like we feel about Richie and Lindholm. Like, I just need you out of my sight and off my team. right. For Carson Coleman, I do think it's, for development-wise, it's not that the team is, it's not like sometimes you get buried because the team is giving up on you and doesn't want to deal with you. That, I think, is just more of a smart move to, you're not going to pay Kasha this 2-8 and not have him playing, right? We already have a lot of players that we played that game with, right? Yeah. Coleman can play more. Providence are getting ready for playoff runs and stuff like yeah. that, right They Huge could use him down there. there yeah. Also he's played with a lot of those players. Yep. I mean he only wasn't yep. a Providence Bruin for about 50 games. like <laughs> you know what I mean So yeah. injuries and so on. but as opposed to like burying him and like, oh we don't need him I think it's more of that'll be smarter for a development role uh in there that that's just me. What do I know though? I'm just one girl on my friend's podcast that always sounds insane to anybody who's listening.
1: Well, hopefully, Chris Blackie, we answered your question. And just keep in mind that anything's possible.
0: <laughs> That's true.
1: Oh, my God. I had to do it. I'm sorry.
0: Cause... I am. Oh, God. I just love those those hideous Flames jerseys. I just love them with the, like, old. Go. Sorry. The next
1: topic is um, one that you wanted to talk about. It's Jerry, Jer... Jeremy Lazon's recent play. And uh, is he playing too aggressive to to stay in the lineup?
0: Or what do you think? I don't know. I'm, you know I'm indifferent to a lot of these players. I I was just thinking this because I I like, like, you know, whenever the young kids come up and there's a lot of spark and they want to earn their way in the lineup and stay in the lineup and la-la-la, and we do have that issue on the back end, too. We we are starting to have too many defensemen and not enough spots again, which we had for a while. Luckily, some of that will be moving. But I – and I'm someone who does still like fighting, and, like like, I do like that. I do think there's a place, you know – not like headhunting goony crap, but like, you know, being tough, sticking up. I'm getting a little concerned this kid's a little too aggressive, though. He got the suspension, which we both agree shouldn't have been a two-game suspension. But still, like that kind of... Oh, what did I say? I feel like he's walking the line between being over-aggressive, and that could just be because he's trying to keep on coach's radar, and you're sending up red flags to the league that you're already going to have a history before you ever make the big squad forever and always... He's had a couple fighting majors thing, and like I again, I am a girl that likes when you stand up for your teammate. I don't have an issue if you go in the box for five minutes, but you've only played like fifteen games, and you've already had like three fighting majors and a suspension. Do you? I just I feel like he might be a little too overdrive, and Every, it, everything seems to be coming at him very quickly.
1: And I, I get what you are saying. Maybe he's not re,
0: he maybe he doesn't have the skill. Yeah,
1: I, I definitely get what you're saying when you when you address and. That because you see it, you see him making some stupid penalties. He's a young kid. They're all they're gonna do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I I can see where you're coming from when as an, an aggressive point. Um, but I, I mean, I, if you think about it, I I've never been there, so I'd have to imagine that you know you do whatever you it takes to stay in the NHL, and unfortunately. His situation's a little different too because he's waiver exempt also, and then these damn rumors of Kevin Millar um, coming back and where where we go with that. I don't I don't I don't know what's happening. I know Kevin's skating and he's trying to make his way back. Two shattered knees is 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 nothing easy to come back from, and I just want to see them go with the core that they've been going with the, the completely year. So. I can see Jeremy going down, unfortunate. But uh, I do see what you're saying about his aggressiveness.
0: I guess that's what concerns. It's like I'm not trying to say send him back down. Um, again, I don't Just know. Tone if, it down. Tone it down a little because I'm Play a little. Your game. Once you're going towards the playoffs, that's when stupid penalties are the worst time to get them. Getting a getting a penalty or being aggressive, like and again, that might be because he's young and he doesn't have the skill set yet to know when to tamper it back or do whatever. Get you trying to get the coach's attention. But you also, I'm concerned you're going to get the negative attention too, and that might get your ass buried for the playoffs. Yeah, and as exactly. instead of being a, the call up to help out, you know, let's face it, when we get to the playoffs, you're probably going to pull Steven Camper, who you know is an even level, te- you know, to play that nine minutes or whatever that short stick defensive role is. Because you know he's not going to draw you stupid, pe- you know what I mean? Or whatever, and can still do. It's, again, I didn't mean that as like a low you know, like, low all right by me, but I, I feel like you're a little too. Uh, Trying to prove yourself too much can also be, take a negative effect, too. And uh, that's very I mean. Also, though, Kevin Miller. Cassidy said the other day, he's like, basically, like, Kevin Miller's skating. Stop asking me about Kevin Miller. Like, yeah, I know. That, to me, is like, everybody knows Kevin Miller's not coming back. The only people that think Kevin Miller's coming back is fans out there that really want Kevin Miller to come back. Like, I don't know. Because they want to
1: see him kick ass. And I get that's that, but he's not going why. to.
0: Like, this is what people, you need to... This guy has not skated in two freaking years, practically. At least, like, at the NHL level. Like, I'm sure he could go coach my kids' might-eye hockey team, and it would be all... That's a lot. In a game where, literally, you are on your legs, your knees are key. Like, you know what I mean? Like, how many great people have gone... It's nothing against you, Kevin Miller. I just need everybody to get with the reality that Kevin Miller is probably getting dumped this summer. He's going to be packaged and traded somewhere with a signing, or... Whatever. He may even... Well, he's on the IR, so he can't write for tomorrow. But I was like, dude, if they took him off the IR, they would probably be trying to bury him somewhere else next week. Not because nobody likes him. Apparently, the boys all love him, and the team loves him. But like you always say, it's a freaking business, right? Yeah, Just like exactly. i got to face the reality if Tori Krug isn't willing to take... 6.5 to 7 over the 9 that he's worth in the free market, then guess what? Tory Krug is going to be playing for someone else next year and offer for there. That's called a business, right?
1: All right. Uh, speaking of business, um, Heather, uh, this one is, is kind of strange. Um, when thinking about good business and, and sharing up certain areas of the, this Boston Bruins team, um, would it be a good idea to think about uh, a player like that could be available on the cheap kind of sort of depends if it works out but what about a defenseman like Zach Bogosian a guy that's got NHL experience and and obviously playoff experience and he's been all around the league Mm -hmm. um uh, many years in the Winnipeg Jets organization uh thoughts on possibly the addition of him and um to address the narrative of we need to get a little tougher on defense. I know that's not you know he's not a tough guy or an aggressive guy. He's a decent shutdown yeah. guy. Yeah, What do sh- you think?
0: Um, I'm always for improving. I like Zach Ragogian, right? Buffalo. He just went through Buffalo's yep. waivers. In case you guys, I'm again, if you listen to other stuff from this area, they've been talking about him as a potential. Um, I'm. I like him, and I I do like he's uh, got experience, and he's whatever, but just like we talked about with Carson Coleman being out the minute Kasha gets here, because he's worth more, he's had a little more experience in the big leagues, it makes me nervous if you go out and get a Bogosian. You don't get a player like that and not have him in your top six. Uh, He is not a rotated in and out like a a John Moore might be for you. and again, I, I don't hate John Moore the way the other people do either. Like, I, I think he's perfectly fine second-pairing defenseman. Nah, not that he should be there all the time, but that makes me nervous because if that happens, then both Lozon and Clifford are out because you're not going to pay the Clifton. money. Clifton. Why would I say Clifford? Why would <laughs> yeah, I say that? Right. You know why? Because all I've been hearing about is Kyle Clifford all week. Yeah. Um, uh, Clifton. Darren Dreger says Calgary,
1: San Jose, and Boston among the tire kickers on Zach. And... Um, Cap um, Friendly, just uh, 22 hours ago, I, d- I, d- I took a screenshot, says that Bogosian has cleared unconditional waivers resulting in the termination of his contract. The prorated remainder of his $5.1 million hit has now been removed from the Sabres salary cap. He is now an unrestricted free agent and available to sign with any team. To be eligible for the playoffs, he must sign before the trade deadline on Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is tomorrow. So, I mean, is that something that the Bruins should take an, uh, a flyer on and see if they can get him here on a on a on a, a air quote cap friendly deal?
0: I'm not convinced we need help on our defense. I'm still more I'm concerned either. about the depth scoring up front yeah. because we still continue. And although there have been some people, like, you know, I'm glad McElvoy's finally kicking it up a notch. Charlie Coyle seems to have found his yeah. self He's again. He's got a point streak going. Right. Um, things like that. Uh, even Grizz had two points last night in that horrific game versus Vancouver. I, I'm not convinced that defensively we need him. I. I I guess I'm in the minority. I understand everyone, and I, too, was born and raised a big, bad Bruins fan, but that's not the way we are. We need strong players. You don't necessarily need just, like, a tough player. Brogosian's kind of the middle, right? He's a good shutdown defenseman. He's not, like, particularly your, He's, again, your Kevin Millions of the world or John Moore of the world. I just feel like we already have some of those within our own system. Is it worth the money? Mm-hmm. And also, if you bring in, like, a what I, I... For me, I, I think we can have more need on the top end to really yeah. get uh, some secondary scoring still going. Because although there's been several games where that the secondary scoring has been great, really when you look at the game sheets, every it's still Marshawn, Bergeron, Pasternak, Krejci or Dabrowski, and Torrey Krug are still your main point getters. Um, so for me, I mean, I guess it's always good to like inquire and see what you could get, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't feel like that is as big of a move as needed as saying... Trying to get David Backus's contract moved and bringing in like right. Kasha. Uh, do you think though, like on defense, do we need it? I think that we're all right on defense.
1: It's always a depth thing for everybody. It's yeah. not for me. I, I'd rather see what the 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 core group go ahead now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and into the postseason, but I mean, every organization kinds of load does load up on some minor, not minor pro deals, but minor deals that are. Um, under the radar, kind of, sort of, if they can sneak it into the cap, and the Bruins have three three million dollars, so who knows? Um, his his experience alone is 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 useful. I just don't see how the fit goes in the room at such a, you know, not enough time to really get some chemistry with each other. I, 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 more or less I just want to um I want to stay with what we have, but um you know I mean the, the defensive I mean. They, there's a lot of people that bring it up with the Brandon Dillon is too when he you was know, supposed to be coming to Boston and he goes somewhere else, um, Washington. So, uh, who knows? But let's get to the meat and potatoes to end this show and, and hopefully the these awful freaking sound issues we, we have. We hate mics. Oh, we God. We hate mics. I can't wait to get a person that does this for me and understands it all because every week it's something different. But anyway... The meat and potatoes of the show is the NHL trade room. It is tomorrow at three PM, and there's a lot of going, a lot of stuff going on. There's a, there's a lot of moving parts when it comes to this trade deadline. There's a lot of conversations that are going on, and with we're pretty much twenty four hours, twenty five hours now from that deadline. And and players that continue to to um, have relevant in the conversations, are Chris Kreider, uh, Paul Mary... And I hate to say it and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it up again, but Joe Thornton is is gaining a lot of traction. And uh and most recently, um, um Brendan Saad from the Chicago Blackhawks has, has gained some uh some traction as well. Um well, let's just concentrate on just those guys right there. Uh the Crider, I with with the first round pick, I don't believe with the first round pick that went to Anaheim, I, I think that that brought them out of the contention of um, of Kreider. Unless you're gonna you're gonna put now a second round pick, a roster player, a couple prospects, maybe even a 2021 20, first round pick. I mean, that's a hell of a lot for a guy that who knows if he sticks around or not. That's too much of a gamble for me. Love to see him. He does check. Uh, we we've said it countless times that he does check the boxes of being a Boston Bruins player, but. It, I think the price is too much. I, I understand you want to win now, but you also want to have sustainability for your future.
0: I personally think that Kreider's staying a Ranger. Yeah. I might be in the minority. No, no, I think if that deal was going to be done, someone would... Now, that doesn't mean by 3 o'clock I couldn't be wrong. I'm wrong about everything else. Why can't... I just think that the Kreider situation, in New York has said it, they, they're more applicable. They want to just re-sign him and give him a new contract and be done with. Um I don't think he'd be the difference between the cup and no cup. I I do think his play would be excellent here. I think the style and whatever, it's not the like, you know, my grandmother lives on the Cape kind of crap like we always get with players. But I I I think that you can get other parts that will total one player salary. Do you know what I mean? Like yep. for me, I I would rather Don Sweeney get a couple 2-5 players, like, you know, the Cashes or whatever of the world to help shore up what you have uh that's a lot to pay for krider um also too everyone's freaking out about the first round pick we had like pick number 31 it's not like we we lost a high pick we it's lost deep draft it's right so and it deep. is and the second round you know like we basically would have been picking high second round you yeah. know that's what the end of things so everyone you had to do it no one was taken on the back as contract without a pick anaheim is a dumpster fire trying to rebuild they need some picks um, that being said, I don't think Kreider is coming out of New York. I think he's going to be a Ranger, and they're probably going to re-sign him. Paul, That's just me. Oh,
1: Paul Mary. Um, what's his first name? Kyle. Kyle. Kyle, sorry. Kyle Paul Mary, another one that I think is going to uh, take a little bit more because um, he has uh, he has a term. I th- believe he has one more year mm-hmm. under contract. So uh, the first-round pick right there makes me think that he's out because yeah, the Bruins don't have one, and they would be definitely... I'd, I'd, I'd always love to see a player like Kyle Palmieri. He's another one that checks a lot of boxes of being a Boston Bruins player, but the price to pay is not enough. I think I think we have the team right now, maybe with a little lateral movement before the deadline, but nothing crazy, um, could make it happen. I, I don't know. That's just me. What do you think about yeah, Palmieri?
0: We, I love Kyle Palmieri. I think New Jersey's in a different situation this week than now that they've moved Coleman uh, to Tampa and things like that. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I don't know how much more they're going to want. And I mean, he's one of their bigger stars on the team. Uh, Like, I mean, if you can say New Jersey has a core, he's a core player, right? We know that New Jersey is just a special case right now, not even living up to their own expectations. But um, we do have some free space now. Do you know what I mean? And Paul Mary, just like we had talked about before, like what makes me nervous about Toffoli or... Like, at this point, you better have somebody with term to come in, which like Akasha, one thing is at least he signed at a reasonable amount, and we at least have him to do what we need to do with him next year. I would like to... I like to see a good big deal, but not a ridiculous deal, right? Like sometimes you have to... Do like a crazy deal, like when with the Nash, right? And again, Nash would have worked out here if it wasn't for injuries and exactly. stuff. He was showing signs of good, he probably would have resigned and played the rest of his career, which was not that much longer to go. Right. But that would have worked out. But again, whenever you take an older player like that, you know, Paul Palmieri's a good like a coil or whatever. He's like in the sweet spot of the career, you know, yep. not a baby anymore, but not so old you can't sign him for a couple of years. I don't know if Don Sweeney though is willing, not because he's scared to pull the trigger because of previous issues. I, don't, I think everyone else is more worried about that than Don Sweeney is. Don Sweeney's kind of cool as a cucumber. He's using his giant brain to figure out okay, what else would we like, it'd be great to get a Bogosian of Mary, but what do we need? You yeah. know what I mean? I think Kyle Palmieri would be awesome in this lineup. But again, this goes back to we also have all these other players we want to try and keep around. We got things I don't I don't think that's going to be the end all, be all of the depth scoring. Do you right. know what I mean? So, although I would like to, he was—he's my choice of if we could have got any of the names that were rumored to. But then again, I, I heard we had Toffoli in our back pocket. It turns yeah, out he know. scored two freaking two goals, goals and an us. assist against us last night. So, uh,
1: the next one is—is is not one that I'm on board with. I don't care the nostalgia factor, and I don't care if he's a if a decent player, but he's on the decline. And I don't want him. He's got, I think, two goals. Maybe he's got five now. I already had a hat trick the other night. I'm not totally sure about that. Somebody could have been lying to me because they want to get me to change my 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 thoughts on him. But I I am not on the on bring back Joe Thornton to Boston train. I I am. That's an absolute uh, train wreck. I believe waiting to happen. I don't like the message it sends in the room. Um, and you could you could say that for Kasha too. But it's not a. Kosh is not coming here as a high profiled NHLer like Joe Thornton is. Joe Thornton's a freaking Hall of Famer, and he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. And I'm, I'm not shitting on his career at all. I just don't think it's very cool to bring in a guy and the story and now have the whole locker room go, okay, so now we're doing it for you?
0: Now it's all about Joe.
1: Yeah, right? no. Keep the story on the core and the team that has been there since training camp in September and have done the trials and tribulations of, of an 82-game season or up to this point, 60-whatever, and then roll with it. I don't. I just don't see it. And then here's the one of the major factors why I don't want to see this trade ever happen. It, they said, oh, you could put him on the fourth line. That's fine, okay? You could actually do that. But then the other suggestion is when the power play comes up, put him on PP1. Oh, my like, God. Come on. <laughs>
0: Come on, yeah, seriously Yeah, I was going to say Okay, a couple things First of all, Joe Thornton is washed up It's nothing against you I'm not a Joe Thornton person But as Mark just said You are a Hall of Famer You need to either retire in St. Louis And be done with it And San let Jose. your career San Jose What'd I say, St. Louis? Yeah San Jose I know which team you play with Whatever Again, I, I like I said last week, I don't give a shit he hasn't won his cup. You know why? He's had plenty of opportunities to win a cup. Where it's not like he was floating around on a non-contender. He's been on one of the best teams yep. in the NHL for the last 15 years. Third, he is not a Bruin. He was a Bruin in his storied career for a flash in a goddamn pan. He is a San Jose shark, okay? Kasha is more important to me because he's younger, he's got term, and can actually still has room to go. Yeah. Thor- I don't need Thornton on my fourth line. He's got seven I, goals. I already have. Exactly. So he's got two more goals than Joe fucking Thornton. Joe Thornton. Allegedly.
1: Allegedly. Allegedly. All right. He still could have two goals.
0: So, Joe Thornton is... Un- if there was a need for him, that would be a different conversation. Not my cup no. of tea, but again, Hall of Fame defense... But just because he started here, so freaking what? Do you know how many other people started? The... So we're gonna bring what? Phil Castle back? Because I gotta be honest, if we gotta bring back an old. Center... Bobby O's
1: coming back. I heard yeah. for that defensive yeah,
0: spot. The you know, I mean, how tough could Bobby O's gonna finally get his other cup? No, I'm just kidding. The thing, the, um,
1: thing, the thing for me, thing. the thing for me on the whole, Joe Thung is is the, the suggestions of where he goes. Um, you definitely he said you could put. Folks out there seem to believe he'll be a solid fit on the third line center, which would mean you'd have to move Coil to the right wing, mm-hmm. and that was immediately a shutdown for me. They're like, you wouldn't buy into that? My like, hell, no.
0: Sweeney just got on. Have you a right seen?
1: Wing. Have you seen? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Have you seen? I mean, it's plain and simple. He's not good at the right side, so that's a big. Uh, Thornton is a big no to me because it's it's the news. It's it's to me media. Feels that because it's the stories that they're going to get out of it on a day-to-day basis building up it they want the clicks i get it the driving the driving the the feeling of you know that um oh, i can't even think about the words i'm no, talking no they right just
0: the, we live in a world where news reporting Let's do it for the Gipper, on, the, you know yeah. um i do have to say though like just talking to other bruins fans I feel like Bruins fans themselves are in the minority of why do I need a fourth liner getting paid that much? And I get like he's on a different like a one-year set. I get that. We're not paying him $10 million like the old – but he's also not the old Joe Thorne. So it's almost like if we had this conversation before the Rick Nash incident, you know, and had made that argument. But still, we have too many people in the middle – He's on his way out. It's not like, again, we're not talking about Joe Thornton of five years ago. We're talking about Joe Thornton of five games ago, and it's not looking pretty. Exactly. Again, not all you, like the team itself, San Jose has had his struggles, you know, whatever. Um, I don't think we need any more leadership. Thank you very much.
1: Yes. We have a ton of leaders in the room.
0: Do we have, was there a captain between, who was captain between Thornton and. Chara, anybody? I don't, think there was I don't think there was anybody. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, how is that going to look to Zdeno Chara after all this time, like walking in? Now you're going to have that weird. There's only maybe one player that even played with Joe Thornton, so it's not like he has a room full of his buddies. He played. for. Did Berger? I think Bergeron played. I don't know.
1: I'm not that's a good one. I'll have but to what look I'm it saying
0: up. is, like, I, I mean, I don't know the specifics. This is just like in general. Like, we're not talking about 22 year old Joe Thornton, 25. We're not even talking about 38 year old Joe Thornton about at this 20...
1: rate. Twenty two year veteran, veteran. Yeah. 40 and something year again,
0: old I, i'm i'm not a joe thornton person i do not deny though you are a career nhler you are a player of a generation you know you are were a face of this nhl for a long time you know what i mean like yep. before these kids you have no need on my team we already have a mediocre fourth line centerman. I only say that Corrali, because you've been struggling your well, ass off this tough sh- year. What I'm saying. We have plenty of centers. We talk about this all the time. Do we need any more depth up the middle? I mean, Jesus. We have enough centers for the next 4 Bruins incarnations. I seem at to this always point.
1: do that. Seem to always get the full, uh, the centers and and forwards with left shots.
0: Yeah, left shot. Can we get yeah, we need some more right shot for But the Joe Thornton thing is just to get people talking. Yeah. No, one, I cannot imagine that Don Sweeney's like, oh, yeah, that's what I want to do.
1: There's a heavy rumor that Pittsburgh might be a destination for him, and that could be due to injury reasons
0: and them trying to make a run. That's fine. Whenever you have a player that old, like, <laughs> this is the other thing. I, and the, first of all, actually, let me address. The fuck he's coming <laughs> and playing on the first unit power play. It's not <laughs> happening, people. <laughs> The first unit is set with Fire little up. very... That's just stupid, right? Oh, you know what? Hey, you know what? Let's go four forwards. And you know what? We're going to take Tory Krug off that. And we're going to give Joe Thornton that role. You know, Charlie McAvoy is... You know, he can handle it. That, Yeah, let's do that. That Shut the fuck up. He wouldn't even make the second unit power play. Our power, Like, let's mess with our special teams. Like, okay. But the thing that drives me nuts... Is these same people who want to bring back the shell of Joe Thornton to be on this team are the same people who complain about Zidane Chara who, not offense, if we're gonna compare 40 year old something to 40 year old something, is in a lot better shape yeah, than Joe Thornton. Yeah. That's true. Especially considering the position he played. Like defensemen break down, they, they peak later and they break down faster because of the nature of their position. Right. Right? Am I wrong in that? I'm just oh. saying. In my experience, watching the NHL my whole life in college and whatever. It's just a stupid idea. The Joe Thornton thing, it's not even a good idea for a wet dream. It's like <laughs> a fucking nightmare, dude. We don't need more set. Like, like, so then what? Now we're sitting Corrally up there. So now, once again, we're putting someone in. Although making I did the- like him on
1: their left side.
0: Okay, but again, we have too many lefts. We don't need anybody on the left. We need some. So if like Joe Thornton decides at 42 years old he wants to be a right winger, then maybe we'll talk about it. But if it means bring him in and move Charlie Coyle to the right wing, everybody can fuck themselves. Like, not like you out there <laughs> listening to us, but just the people who drive, you know, like... And I haven't heard any hockey experts in our area like the people I would trust of the, you know, like... Talking our... about it? They're talking about it, but oh, none okay. of them seem to sound like, yeah, that that's a brilliant, that's exactly... No, like it's not. Well, there's
1: exploring options. Right.
0: What I mean is, what I keep hearing is, like, although I respect Joe Thornton, no, that's one of those you're blowing up your team for no reason moves to me. Do you know what I mean? I just, I can't. And if I'm going to blow up my team, it's going to be for the Chris Criders and the Paul Marys to find a spot, not the old Joe Thornton. No offense, Joe Thornton. You are a first ballot Hall of Famer all the way guy. I am on board for that. I am not on board for you to ever be a Boston Bruin again. And, you can come coach after your time. And to end the uh, the
1: 2020 trade talk, what do you think about uh, Brandon Saad from the Chicago Blackhawks? He's um, been heavily rumored. I know that I know that Chicago's been in the ninth floor scouting the games and um, and down in Providence looking at prospects. Uh, so they've been going back and forth with each other. Uh, thoughts on Saad?
0: What do we know what Sod's making?
1: I have no Chicago's idea Chicago's a strange
0: team where they have ridiculous contracts. Let me and then, let me
1: pull it up on Cap friendly if um, you want to keep
0: talking. I I, I do like Sod. Obviously, someone with playoff experience, Stanley Cup play you know what I mean, whatever. Um six million. He? And he's got one more year left. Twenty seven years old. Mm, so
1: Versatile forward plays the left wing, right wing. And there's a UFA at 21, 22.
0: So, I just see. I didn't know he made that much. Yeah, that, I, yes, didn't that changes, I didn't either. That changes my answer. I don't like I'm his attitude.
1: It, it kind of seems like um, when he got traded to uh, Columbus, he didn't play very well. And then I, I don't know if there was inside information or something like that. But he, I think he might have mentioned, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Hmm. I think he might have mentioned that he he wanted to go back to Chicago, and somehow that deal happened. It worked, or you know.
0: Well, he was originally dumped. I think because Chicago got themselves a cap crunch. Cru- like yeah. oh, super hell yeah. crunch, like right? yeah. it was like Captain Super Crunch right there. Um, I guess for, I guess on one hand, I do like I do like him because he is versatile. He has a lot of experience. Again, he's kind of in that sweet spot. He's not like too young. He's not too old. Six million is a lot. It is a lot. Even if you could dump him or trade him and package him in the off or whatever,
1: you're going to have to give up a roster player at four million just to just to make room for him.
0: As someone and who at just, that point,
1: why yeah. do not you just keep David Backus?
0: Yeah, and that's we talked about this right? Like I'm just like, like this worked out. The trade that they did, Backus can still get his money. We don't have to pay all yeah. that money. Whatever, moving on. The minute you sign Bre- Brandon, Brendan Saad, you're not re-signing Tory Krug. Yeah. That is literally the $6 million you have to come up with at yep. least to pay Tory Krug. Because he is he's going to take a friendly deal, but he also has got to know his worth. I mean, again, he ends in the top 10, 15 defensemen every year for points, things like that, I mean, for his six years or whatever. That, and if you don't sign Krug that $6 million is what you sign Grizzlick with and what you sign DeBrusque with. Do you know? So yep. from a cap standpoint, although also if Saad wants to be in Chicago, I don't want him to show up here and then have an attitude problem until they get called home oh, yeah. too. So I like his experience. I like his age. His cap hit for what he does is too much for me. When we have
1: that's fair. other people that no, can that's very that role.
0: So that's just... All right. Well, so, Yes, maybe Kreider, but we don't want to pay for him. Paul Merry, if you could figure it out without blowing up the rest of the salary cap. Say no to Joe. Say no to Joe and stay and in Chicago. Too sad, facade. I don't want him to hear. Well, you and I both know, like, if Sweeney makes another move, it's not going to be no. for any of those. It's going to be, be another two point five. dollars. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, that. like, move on there.
1: Okay, that is it for today's show. Um, we and if you happen to hear any any quality technical issues, we apologize. Um, really sorry about that, but uh, hopefully we survive uh, tomorrow's trade deadline. Well, it's it's two hours. We've already had two hours, so um, yeah. So hopefully all these all the uh, prospects and 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 roster players stick around on this team past tomorrow. We know we know the people that the players that are going to be here, but some may be exiting. So please don't be Dan and Please don't be Dan <laughs> Uh, Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for all the new Patreon subscriptions we got. That was pretty cool. That Hopefully they've been listening and they they heard, but we want to appreciate those people. Rate and review. Rate and review on Apple Podcasts. We're going to be switching to a new platform sooner or later because I'm hearing SoundCloud doesn't exactly have uh, the most accurate um, stats. So I've been... um, talking to a media company, and they suggested we look to get our RSS feed hosted somewhere else so to get more accurate stats for advertising purposes and, and better opportunities. So as we move forward in the business aspect, we got to explore all avenues of getting, um, number one, quality content out, and number two, uh, ways to uh, benefit the show uh, financially uh, due to the out-of-pocket costs that we constantly go through every month. So, with that being said, we will talk to you next week. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you all for the support. Thank you all for the ratings and reviews. It's been amazing. Keep, g- keep them coming.
0: Thank you all for listening for two hours. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. This has been a, this has been a, an interesting one. And we It's just, like I said, it's very frustrating when you have to go through these technical difficulties. And, and when you produce it by yourself, it's just... Makes it harder because you got to do all the edits. You just want to make it nice and perfect through. The there was a time there was so many pos- I mean, I mean, podcasts that we were doing that was, was good sounding, and all of a sudden, it's just here comes the wrench in the gears.
0: It's just because you, you know, if you were one of those people who could really care less about your sound quality, you wouldn't have an issue. But you yeah, no, care no. a lot, and that's like I that's, said, after ap- and like it's pull you
1: huge back. in the podcast field. Yeah. Well, if you it don't it have good quality, you lose
0: listeners. Um. Well, again, you don't need to talk to me about SoundCloud. I I mean, podcasts. I listen to like millions of them. So uh, maybe not a million, but I definitely have at least five hundred. But what I would say is that if anything, you're not you're passionate. You are trying to do the best you can. And literally, like today, I don't know why your mic spiked. Like we literally touched nothing. We were like, yeah,
1: we didn't even do anything. And all of a sudden, I look and I'm like, I can't even move to the
0: next category. So
1: anyway, you don't want to hear our problems. We will be back next week. Like I said, trade deadline tomorrow. We've got three games coming up this week. Hopefully the Bruins win them all.
0: Hopefully Joe Thornton won't be a Bruin.
1: Yes, say no to Joe. So anyway, uh, please be safe all week and take care.
0: Thanks again for listening to and supporting Black and Gold Hockey Podcast.